This episode of the Tokunet podcast is sponsored by Tokulectables and CS Toys Japan. If you would like to hear your name or business at the beginning of the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet or tokusatsunetwork.com forward slash sponsor. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. I am Yasin and I am joined by Brody. Yo. Katie. Hello. And Charlie. Uchu Kita. I was hoping we could do it together. <laughs> One of us had to say it. I didn't think it was going to be Charlie, honestly. I thought it was going to be Brody. I was waiting for the rest of you guys. <laughs> Energy isn't where it is for most episodes. I'm sorry. I have disappointed my fans. Because obviously I have fans, right? Uh, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you haven't guessed, uh, we are going to be talking about Kamen Rider Forze. Uh, the Kamen Rider series from 2011. I hope you all looked at the title. That was, I, I always say that. And then I'm like, well, you look at the title. You'd know what you know <laughs> what we're talking about <laughs> but you know you got to do a proper intro you know what i mean of course <laughs> i'm simply poking fun if there was a season of common writer that doesn't feel like it's 10 years old it's definitely forze <sighs> i don't know what it for is for sure dude i yeah looking back at it i was like this still feels like it's only like three years old for some reason like it doesn't feel like it's 10 years old it doesn't age it really doesn't yeah, the only thing that ages is the cell phones, I guess. Um, I mean, some of the things they do aged. Well, like the CG, obviously, but they've gotten better with that. But, I mean, overall, I think it, it ages pretty well with, like, its message. For yeah. sure, overall, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, I guess to start off, um, has everybody here has seen it before, right? Before this rewatch? Yes. Correct. I've never seen Common Rider Forza in my life. What are you talking about? What's Common Rider? <laughs> really, the guy who has <laughs> Forza as his avatar. <laughs> you're saying is not okay. okay. Legit, legit. I've seen it twice now. This is your second time too. Yep. Cool. Uh, so let's start by talking about like, what were your like impressions the first time you saw it? Like, how, like how did you see it? Did you see it when it aired? Uh, and what did you get out of it? So, when I first watched Common Rider Forze, it was definitely a, a year, a couple years after it aired. Mm-hmm. Um, might have been even a little longer after that. I, I remember I had started Forze uh, during Gaim's run, I believe. Right. And, cause, or maybe, maybe Gaim had just ended or something. Either way, it was around that time. And I was deciding to work my way backwards. But Wizard was blocked on school Wi-Fi, and so what? I went to Forze, Wait. which for some reason was not blocked. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, that's a whole thing. Like, I was watching in school after I finished my work, and I was on the school Wi-Fi, and some some things were blocked and some things were not. I was able to watch Forze, not Wizard. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was, only the, it was only the second episode, too, of Wizard. And, like, it, it was like, well, I, wa- I watched episode one, I can watch episode three. But I can't watch episode two, so I guess I'm not watching it. I really knew that it was a bad show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. Um, but anyway, so 
I watched Forze, and I actually stopped watching for a while. I don't know why. I think I got distracted by other things in life. But when I came back to it, I came back to it. It was like the whole experience of watching it was just so much fun. It, it's just a really lighthearted, fun adventure with a really good story built into it. And I loved Gentaro so much and his his the fact that he holds friendship so close so so close to his heart as he does it. The fact that he almost revolves his whole life around dedicating himself to friendship. Me at the time, that's I was like, you know, this is how I how I think of my friends. This is this is how it ought to be. I I I identify with Gentaro perhaps more than any of the other, well, definitely more than any of the characters in, in Gaim at the time. Uh, but even even now, watching it a second time, I I feel like I can identify with Gentaro and his positive mindset. Maybe less so than I used to. I'm a little a little more jaded now, a little older, a little wiser. Uh, but I still feel that connection to Gentaro, and he is by far a favorite. Not not it's not my favorite power set. It's not my favorite show, but it's my but he is my favorite rider. I feel like I've heard you say that before. <laughs> I, I probably have. <laughs> I mean, about other writers. About what? Nah, X Eight is my favorite power set. My favorite show is probably either Gaim or Build. I got. I kind of have to revisit Gaim at some point. Mm, but he's your favorite, like writer character. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. I didn't watch Forze when it aired either because I wasn't a fan until 2014. But mm-hmm. I did get around to watching it in 2015. Um, regrettably, after I cosplayed from it, um, my boyfriend made uh, Forze and Nadeshko's cosplays for Katsucon 2015, mm. and we were unfortunately still going through O's at the time, so I didn't get a chance to watch Forze until after I cosplayed Nadeshko. But I knew of her importance, and I had known about Mega Max. Um, but when I finally was able to get through to Forze, it was, one, very interesting to see coming off of watching O's, which is tonally a little bit different in, uh, in a lot of ways. But it's just got, like, like Brody said, it's got a great message. I love the fact that it has a strong ensemble cast that's very important to me in terms of common Rider series. And it just has, like, a comfortable feel. I don't know what it is. Maybe I've seen a lot of people liken it to, like, an anime-style kind of school setting. But mm-hmm. it is it is one that I would 100% describe as comfy. Charlie? Yeah, um, my story is kind of, this, kind of similar to both Brody and Katie's. In mm-hmm. that, like, I, too, didn't watch it when it aired. But after... When, um, I forgot which writer, it might have been, like, Geimer Drive around that time. Right. Where, because I was, like, pretty much caught up, like, every week. So I was like, oh, might as well go back and watch all the, um, Kamen Rider seasons before then. Which I started with Double, obviously, and then got around to Forze. And what really stood out, like, what stood, stood out from, like, the other ones i've watched was that because i was i'm a big um mega ninja fan Mm -hmm. and it kind of had that same dynamic where it was like high school student and like 
juggling hero and like high school life and me being in high school at the time i kind of found that was like really cool right and really like i know i'm just like a sucker for like high school setting um tokusatsu so like yeah i really digged how both were kind of like space themed and both kind of revolved around like the, like both kind of addressed issues that high schoolers go through, but also retaining a fun like dynamic between all the characters. Mm-hmm. And I guess another thing that stood out is like the fact that like there's a comrade club and it's not just Gentaro fighting this fight, but like the entire like his entire club and all his friends and they're all like from different groups of people like because there's shin the jock mew the cheerleader tomoko the goth girl and it's just like a bunch of different styles that kind of shape both gentaro himself and like each other and kind of just like they all kind of help each other grow and become like better people right yeah i've always liked um seasons that have they really embrace the fact that it's common writer because you'll get some like gaim who barely acknowledged the word common writer but the the ones that like really kind of embrace the common writer theme and like talk about it and you know they reference the the early writers like the show ones i always like when they do that i think that's really important to the heritage i like when i like when you get that like hot blood speech when you're like this is what common writer is and i'm just like yes that's what i like Yes, it's about justice and, and friendship. <laughs> are we are we talking um, about Tomoko's speech near the beginning of the show? Uh, she 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 was the one who explained what. Oh uh, yeah yeah talk. yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, I guess to talk about what like my first experience, I watched it when it aired, and I remember like being really hyped for the Tomoko stuff because. It was like someone who was actually like, you know, referring to like these legendary common writers like in the universe. I was like, this is like, this is very different. And I was like, what what are they going to do with like, I was wondering like what they're going to do with this kind of like, are they going to address it? How are they going to, you know, then you had the whole like play thing where they're all dressed up as different common writers. I love that. That was fun. The cardboard cutouts. I love it. Um. But yeah, at the time, I remember watching it, and this was 2011, so yeah, it was, so after O's, I liked O's for the most part, there was parts of it that I was like, eh, it's not great, but by the time I got to Forze, I was starting to get really tired of the two-episode format, and Forze stuck to it like glue. <laughs> it was yeah. great, so, so yeah. I'll be honest with you, by the time I ended it, end of the show i didn't like it like i i liked parts of it i liked the cast i liked the characters just the show tore me down like like (laughs) broke me down as far as like the two episode arc i was just like really tired of it and then by the time you get to wizard i was just like i'm i hate it (laughs) but um so yeah i was like i wouldn't say i hate it maybe hate is a strong word I just was not as hyped about it as everybody else was, I guess. I got the whole friendship thing and, you know, the themes of it. It was a very lighthearted show, and I, I dug it, but it was just, yeah, I don't know. It didn't leave a big impression on me, I guess. 
you liked the idea of it more than you liked actually watching it and stuff. It yeah, like. yeah, there was parts where I didn't mm-hmm. like, like, like I don't like the gimmick. I don't like the switches. Like the switch, even now watching, I'm just like, it just feels so artificial and just like, I don't know. It's all throw. It looks like a toy. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but you know, other seasons do it better, and <laughs> I would say I I like the food droids. I I think those were cute. Those are fun. They remind me of the McDonald's Happy Meal toys. And that's what I apparently yeah. that was actually a huge. They had a huge marketing deal at the time because you know obviously mm. there's Toku stuff and Happy Sets in Japan all the time. But I guess yeah. it, I read somewhere that it was McDonald's and them actually had a strong bond at that time. That's why ah. it all kind of looked McDonald'sy. Okay, yeah, I always heard that like they wanted to make the show like feel like an American high school show. I guess. That's why you have like the jocks and the cheerleaders and all these different sects or whatever, or like different yeah. cl- cliques in the and prom, right? Yeah, <laughs> which no other country has. Do do they have proms? They don't have proms. They, they don't have prom in Japan. I'm not right. in high school anymore. I don't know. <laughs> at the very at the very least, I can say that most do not have prom in Japan. Like. I, I watched an anime where it was a whole thing. They had to explain what it was to the audience. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, like, how did, like, people, like, kids or, you know, anybody who watched it in Japan at the time thought about a lot of the, like, a lot of the tropes and themes and stuff that are, like, brought from American shows. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people watch American shows there because American shows kind of have a wide reach, but I wonder if they, you know, understood it or if it was just kind of a throwaway thing like okay this is just something to get to the action to the action or whatever I don't know. um well they did they did explain prom in Fose and and how it applies to that school and what it means to people right 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 there was a pretty heavy focus on Miu and who she wanted to go with that yeah. i didn't get i didn't get the whole like i want to like uh, i want to go dance with gentaro I didn't get that. She well, s- simple. Gentaro is very charming and won her over, and that wasn't his intention. He's just so good at friendship. But, but Shun, right there. I know, I, I know, and and I, I think Gentaro understood that much and made it clear that he was more pulling for for Shun in yeah, that situation. Yeah. He's a good buddy. I mean, the way that it, it seemed like it was just that you know. Someone, uh, a senior to her, danced with her when she wasn't expecting it. So she wanted to give that to someone who wasn't expecting a, a dance from someone as popular as her. I think. I don't know. That's not how I read it. And that's the only thing that made sense to me. Because I was like, I don't understand this whole, out of nowhere, I, she <laughs> likes I got two. Guitar? I got two words for you. Two words what? for you. High school drama. That's three words. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe that's another thing. I, that's another thing. The reason why I didn't probably like it in the show because I like, I think I was over with you know the whole high school like high school animes. I'm not really that into them. So then when you got a high school tokusatsu that's like very much focused around the high school, I was like, I, it's okay, but I wasn't. I don't know. See, I've watched a lot of like slice of life high school anime gamers and all that toradora mm, yeah. toradora is so good that's one of those slice of life that's just good so good. back then i hadn't watched a ton of slice of life but now re-watching forza i mean i feel like 
I received all the high school story tropes the same way during both of my watches, personally. Hmm. Maybe it has to do with where I was at in life, because I was literally in high school, but... Yeah, maybe that was it. I was, like, 27 when it came out. <laughs> so... A little, little removed from high school at that point. Uh, yeah, just a tad. I was out of high school when I watched it, but I still... Maybe it's just because I was still kind of into anime at that point. I don't know. The more tokusatsu I watched, the more I stopped watching anime. And now I just like, I'm like, what's an anime? I don't know. What was, was I into anime at that time? Because I I stopped for a long time. When did uh, Attack on Titan come out? 2014. Oh, God. No, 2013. 2013, you're right. 2013. Okay, so yeah. Between seasons. Was that around the same time that Sword Art came out? I think uh, around the time. Oh, I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, around think, the same time. I think Sword Art was 2012, maybe. Don't okay, so I didn't. I remember watching it together. So it's like around the same time. At okay, least. so then I didn't get back into anime at that point either. <laughs> like I got into anime because of, uh, back into anime because of Sword Art and Attack on Titan. So at that time, I was so far moved from anime, and I was really into Tokusatsu. But then you get this high school one, and just like. It takes a bit to get in the mindset of watching it. And I guess maybe that's what the disconnect was for me when I first saw it. But I just felt very removed from all that. Um, I mean, I, I I get what you mean with, with the two episode arcs. Because like, as someone who really watched it in rapid succession as I did, where it's like I went through all of Double, all of O's, all of fours, they like back to back to back. You do really get burned out on the two episode arcs. And I think that's why I was enjoying Gaim so much. Right. When it aired was because it was a departure from that. And then, you know, Drive kind of had like a mishmash of both. And then I think Mm -hmm. we returned to episode two episode arcs with Ghost. But I, 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 when you get in rapid succession like that, like it does get tiring because you're like, oh, I know they're not going to beat the bad guy in this episode. It's going to happen next episode. So, like, yeah. what's the point of this one, you know? Yeah. I think it's important to to question the two-episode formula <laughs> in, in revisiting these shows. Um, but I also think that just Forze did what it was trying to do really, really well. And if you're not into what it was trying to do, that's also a potential problem. Barrier to entry right there. It might, like, the high school drama friendship thing might just not appeal to everyone. And that's okay. I I just wish people were like me and could see the positives in all stories. Most stories. Yeah. I think, I don't know. Maybe that comes with age. (laughs) You just, like, (laughs) like, you kind of just see through a lot of things. And it's, like, unless it really grabs hold of your attention or shocks you in some way kind of just you kind of just kind of predict what's going to happen i guess i don't know i don't know what i also could have just not been in the right mindset when i watched it back in 2011 it's a lot of things because i'm watching i watched it now and it's just like i enjoyed it a lot more this time around like it it was it was i had a lot of fun it it felt like i had a nostalgia kick watching it because yeah freaking didn't realize until just now that it was 10 years ago um but yeah i don't know i just i just enjoyed all the characters i remember back then people didn't like jk or jake or however you say jake oh i love jk but i mean yeah back then people didn't like him i didn't really i didn't really have a problem with him i didn't really understand why people didn't like him and watch him now i like him even more 
It's like he's just a lot of fun, but he's also kind of, he has like a complicated. He's like, he's a bit complicated. This is a pen. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that arc where he um where he teams up with the Zodiarts because it's his dream to be a DJ and to sing songs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good arc. And it and it I, that's the one I think that ended with the note that was like saying goodbye to that persona, and it was signed with his real name. Mm. I also yeah. appreciate he was the one to come back for a lot of like the anniversary stuff. Uh, to yeah. see him be the one that's like holding up the fort at the high school after all these years with Asugi. with it, I don't know, it just hit right for me to see yeah. him still there. Yeah. From what I know, um, his actor is he he really embraces that role that he had. Like he it it must have really left a mark on him. That's great. I love when like I understand why some actors would want to distance themselves from some roles, but like it, it still warms my heart when actors like still care a lot about those writer roles or toku roles years yeah. down the line. Like seeing Gentaro in uh Heisei Generations. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. That made me so happy. That's just a good main character. He he just oozed charisma and and it's I feel like for those that don't like Forze or don't care for Forze, at least can appreciate Gentaro as a protagonist and someone to carry their show. For those of you who have watched Garen Lagan, uh he's like the main he, he's like Kamina except a teddy if if Kamina were a teddy bear. And that that is the best way I can describe that. And doesn't die in episode 8. <laughs> You uh, at some point though. Spoilers for a 2007 anime. <laughs> the editor can cut that out. I will. I, I said it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get the bleeps. I mean, I haven't seen it, so. I mean, to be fair, Gentaro does die in this show, so. Okay, that's fair. The protagonist dies in like every common writer scene. <laughs> I feel like that's a more recent thing. I, don't know. I think it is a more recent thing. Kota didn't uh, die. If you exclude, yeah. Well, Kota, Kota, Wait. yes, he did. Yeah. Kota died. Yeah. What? He what? Did. Yeah. He became a fruit god. Well, but, but he didn't die. <laughs> he gained immortality. That is the opposite of death. There's this the scene with the feathers and the, the, feathers and the bananas there. Yeah, and... And... Yeah, dude. I'm not saying it has to be permanent. I'm just saying it happened. <laughs> it does oh, happen. All right, I agree. Fine. Fine. I mean, Ghost I is a prime example of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kuga died like every time he like got a new power <laughs> or before he got a new power up. <laughs> that's true. That's what he had to do. He just had to die. And then that's how he got his new power up. So, so the lesson here, the takeaway is that common riders are our eternal heroes. Is that the lesson here? Um, also, writers need to stop killing common riders. It means deaths in common rider only matter if you're a female common rider. Oh. Pour one out for my girl Nadeshko. F's in the chat. But she came back. <laughs> I... She did come back, but that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> she was okay. She she spoke with XV2 in space and then saved Yuki. She did. She was. A, she's a good. She's a good goop. So, um, I guess let's talk about some stuff that we like. We enjoyed about uh, Comrade Forza, especially 
going back and watching it this time? Like, is there any like specific moments that you ended up liking even more, or moments that you didn't really didn't really click with you at first, but then you really enjoyed the second time around? I don't know how I'm going to discuss this. There are so many moments. <laughs> Pick a couple. <laughs> I would say the whole like thing with the zodiacs and like the zodiac switches and how like they were one like constellation thing, which I'm also kind of a sucker for because Q Ranger mm-hmm. and two like how all the zodiac like switch users ended up being their classmates or their like teachers or like I guess like school staff, which was like really interesting because it was like people we kind of already knew but we didn't know they were like the zodiac switches so you can really like predict it that well and also i mean i think something i wrote down on my notes was that um while i was watching it i kind of revisited like the backstories of each zodiac switch user Mm -hmm. and a lot of the students like i felt were kind of relatable just because like they did did go through hell in high school because that's just what high school is and like i think they kind of saw that as like a final option like oh like i need to like use this power to like not die in this high school or (laughs) like not go through this hell anymore and i'm kind of just like honestly same though like (laughs) if i went to that high school i would totally grab like all the switches and be like fight me bitches (laughs) it it makes sense though it because when you're in high school you know you have that mentality of like everything is to the extreme like oh my god my hair's messed up this one day i might just like die so, like, it's understandable for them to be like, What am I you know going what? to do? My best friend doesn't want to hang out anymore. This weird dude just handed me this really nifty switch, and what am I going to do? I'm going to yeah, press that it. button. <laughs> <laughs> but see, see, that's the that's the real genius of the of the Zodiac. Press it harder, daddy. Is... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so that's the real genius of the Zodiacs, is that... You you understand and sympathize, for the most part, with each of the students who gets a switch. And it's these people in in, in positions of authority, positions of power, who are pressuring the students to do the thing. And and, and they are directly prying on what's, what's hurting them. And... That's and and it makes it makes you want the the students to be okay in the end, and that's and that's how they get you to to side with Gentaro and his whole "I'm going to fix this and then become friends with you." That's how that's how you side with that. I think that's pretty genius. Oh, it's, it's so like, genius! I'm fighting you, but at the end, no hard feelings, right? Like, let's be best buds. <laughs> it's it's almost it's almost like I'm going to stop you from hurting other people, but I'm going to say, but, but I'm going to help you. I feel like no other Kamen Rider season did that, and I honestly, that's kind of the reason why Forza is, like, favorite, like, number one series. Right I would now. argue X-Aid, but that's, I'm not going to get into that. Uh, I mean, I feel like O's kind of did that, because he was, he, his whole philosophy was helping the people around him, kind of thing. And I guess, I guess Kuga would be the same. You know, I guess it's a situation where it's easy to fall into that sort of way of creating monsters just because, like, 
you know, someone's got to be a victim in the attack and we have to want the monster to be destroyed. Um, right. But the way yeah. that Forza did it is just really cohesive with its theming. Hmm. I will say, talking about uh, monsters, uh, that's a good segue into what I feel like I noticed the most in my rewatch. Because um, now that I knew the story and knew what to expect, I paid a lot more attention to the suits. Um, yeah. And those, like the mm-hmm. horoscope suits, like on my first watch, the one that I liked a lot and still like the most is Virgo. I think Virgo is a beautiful uh, monster suit. Mm-hmm. But the rest of those suits are also just like really, really good. Like for just your you know so good run of the mill you know villain suits you know i think they're right up there with maybe like drives with the the roid needs i think they look really really good mm-hmm. um i think the only one i don't really like the way it looks is libra and maybe that's just because i'm a little butt mad because it that's my horoscope but all the rest <laughs> of them i think look really good <laughs> that was me with scorpio actually because i'm a scorpio and i was like wait why is scorpio the ugliest one here? <laughs> i was so mad i was like wait a second that's that no so i feel you <laughs> yeah i wasn't too hot on the sagittarius one and that's my sign <laughs> maybe it's just we all feel a little self-conscious about our own <laughs> i don't know i thought aquarius was pretty cool uh my my favorite the fa- my favorite design is probably leo oh leo's a great design yeah, yeah. leo's, leo's cool. was so cool they do those animal centric ones really well yeah. Mm-hmm. How about those mo- those moments where he he just looks at his prey and he goes "gow" before he transforms? Gow. <laughs> Toby got caught it. No, wait. Though <laughs> so him him like holding the walnuts in his hands or whatever, I don't know. The sound of it always like uh, made me like cringe. I don't know. I don't know it's such a pleasing them. sound though. It's like the clicking of the walnuts. I don't know the way he, it's gr- it's grind it's grinding and if it, it sounds like teeth grinding a little bit and just like ugh, can't yeah now i'm just thinking of um G- zenkai gaon meeting the Le- like the leo um zodiart <laughs> gaon is just like kawaii <laughs> <laughs> and the leo soldiers just look at him like move one step closer i'm gonna murder you we got we got to compare lions leo to shishi red to Gaon, to uh, what from from Gal Ranger Gal Red. Wow, there's a lot of lions. Zero Yellow is also a lion. Yellow Live Man too. Oh, yeah. that's okay. There's so many lions. Shishi Ranger. Kinga Red. Oh my. Shishi Red. Not sh- yeah. Golden Blue Shishi, technically was a lion. Shishi Ranger from Die Ranger. Yeah, he was also a lion. Oh my god, I just watched that episode of Go Kyger where they all turned into lions, and now we're talking about lions, and I'm like, <laughs> coincidence? I think not. We all knew you were That's watching that episode. I was like, episode. able to actually remember which rangers were lions. I was like, wait a second. this I literally watched this when I was like working out yesterday. <laughs> uh, and I was like, guess the theme. I'm totally with you, Katie, uh, on the... Uh, Go say night. Go say night. I'm I'm totally with you on the the Zodiac suits being just really solid design overall. Like they leave an impression, and it's it's really cool. I like I like that they have the stars on their body. I like that they find clever ways to make them look like their uh, their constellations, and yet also with a monstrous twist. It's honestly. The way they accomplished it almost reminds me of the another ra- the another riders in Go, 
which those were some solid suit designs as well. Mm, most of I them. I like half of them. <laughs> some were not great. I suppose opinions of that are going to be a little more divisive since they're basically corrupting past riders, but... Another ghost gave me nightmares. I was like, what is this? Why is the fur necessary? <laughs> That's what makes it so great. It's everything we wanted ghosts to be. And, nah. Well, mm, nah. Nah. I'm, no. Nah. That's not at I'm all what joking. I want a ghost to be. I don't know who you're talking to, Brody. Half joking. <laughs> Oh my god! Are you though? Knowing you, are you? I ca- I kind of want to mention the the Zodiac switches just again, just real quick, uh, because I I got super far in the show. I got like near the end, and I was thinking to myself, you know, wait a second, where did these switches come from anyway? And I like I like scrolled through the wiki page to see if they had that part of the summary on there. They didn't. They just said, oh, they were created to to make Zodiacs, and I'm like, okay, well that's. That's real helpful. Uh, so, and then just see, just as I was getting to that point where I really wanted to know where the Zodiac switches came from, the show got into the backstory with Gamo and the fact that it was part of their research on on, on the in the rabbit hatch rabbit hatch, uh, and so he he just whereas Kengo's father created the Astro switches. He used that same technology to create the the Zodiac switches, and I just I thought that was really fascinating. I don't know because it's like such a different functionality. Like, man, how'd yeah. you how'd you get there? How'd you yeah. make it so that they evolve on their own? <laughs> but uh, I appreciated that just at the moment when I when I was finally wondering where did these come from anyway. They they gave the full backstory. Yeah, one thing I didn't remember that watching now, it's like, oh, that's really cool. Is the idea that uh, the whole there's like two holes, one over the high school and one in Kyoto. And then the fact that they had to destroy the one in Kyoto so that the one over the school is more powerful and concentrates the likelihood of the... The cosmic horoscopes. energy. Yeah. Like, I thought that was a really cool idea. And I didn't... I, I guess... By the time I got to that point when I first watched it, I think I was just kind of over <laughs> over a lot of the plot. <laughs> uh, so getting to that point now, it's like, oh, that's, that's a really cool you know, idea. It's random. It's very random that it's just like all of a sudden we hear about the hole and then there's another one in another city that'll destroy that. It's like there wasn't really any build up to it, I guess, but I like the idea of it. Yeah, I agree. That was that was a fun way that was a, a clever way to do a field trip episode too. Yeah, yeah. Cause you gotta have a field trip episode. Yeah. I guess that that is a staple <laughs> in some ways. Funny, funny thing is, actually, um, the, this past season, Quintessential Quintuplets Season 2 was airing, and they went to the same places that they filmed Forza, Forza's Field Trip episodes at, and I was it was funny because I saw them animated, and then I was seeing them in live action, and I'm like, wow, they, they really just straight recreated all of these exact places, and it was really cool. It almost feels just like landmarks, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That makes sense. The requirement for, like, Japanese entertainment now is you gotta go to Kyoto at least one or two episodes. Is that true? I mean, they did it in Quintessential Quintuplets, and then they do it in, like, most tokusatsu, so... It, mm. it happens in a lot of things, yeah. I think. 
A lot of Sentai did it. It's it's always either 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 Kyoto or like Hokkaido or something. Yeah, something like that. Do we just not do beach episodes anymore, or am I that out of lo- out of the loop <laughs> on anime? You're right. I mean, the beach episode that's usually not the field trip episode, though. That's the thing. That's the catch. Are you talking about anime or tokusatsu? <laughs> At this point, I don't know. We're digressing. <laughs> so, uh, Forze. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Forze. You know, I, we should talk about the moment where uh, where Gentaro is revived after being literally murdered by Ryusei, <laughs> and he comes back and he's like, "I'm." He's got, he's like, "Guys, don't blame Ryusei for what he did." And then he's like, and and they're all like, "Well." I guess if the guy who he murdered is okay with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. J- Jake is the one who says that. And I love that he's the one who points that. It's like, well, I can't really be mad if the guy who died is the one who's forgiven. Like, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. What was really powerful about that whole scene was, like, um, when, like, like the scene where, like, Ryusei literally kills Gintaro, and then Tomoko is, like, screaming at Ryusei going like you're like you're such a disgrace to like as a common writer like this is not what a common writer is and it was yeah. just so powerful i was like damn girl yeah <laughs> go you yeah it, it's interesting because yeah seeing both her and kingo react because kingo has always been kind of reserved like he he warmed up to gentaro after a while but he was always yeah. the most distant, I guess. Like he was, he he tries to distract himself and be on the task or whatever. So when he dies, he flips out and starts talking about how good of a friend he is and how special he is and stuff like that. And then I like the reaction he had when uh, Gintaro wakes up, and Gintaro's like, "Yeah, I can feel the warmth of you guys like in my hand, pulling me out of this uh, whatever coma state he was in or whatever." The and, void of death. Yeah, and seeing like Kengo's reaction to that is like, oh man, that was really like he really felt that. Yeah. For a stoic character, that's very imp- it's very good to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were there were a lot of moments like that that just really did bring a tear to my eye. Like Gentaro in that first episode or the second episode, I guess, when he sees Earth for the first time. Yeah, there were there were a lot of moments like that for me. And that was definitely one of them. My only thing about the whole uh, cosmic switch being powered by friendship is I kind of wish there was just a slightly more explanation of the connection between friendship and cosmic energy. But that might just be the Gurren Lagann fan in me thinking, well, if fighting spirit is literally the power of evolution, why can't cosmic energy literally be the power of friendship? Well, isn't that what uh, Kengo's father based his whole thing on? Like when he was like up in the rabbit hatch, like that was his whole thing about um, didn't he send a message to like King or something about find friends to? Yeah, he he like wrote a message uh, in on the side of the rabbit hatch that said uh, something along the lines of you know your friendship is the key or something. Right. And but that was like specifically for cosmic. Right, but I feel like he built that into his research. Right. Kind of. I don't know. I really hope so. If it, if that's the case, I wish it was made a little more obvious <laughs> do you want like a thesis paper on like how friendship 
powers cosmic energy, which powers switches that powers. Okay, <laughs> listen, we're talking about the show. We're we're talking about the show where the main character has a speech near the end where where he where he's like that school is a galaxy of feelings. Oh, we're yeah. gonna talk about the end because I have a lot of thoughts about it. When when I watched that scene, I basically just kind of chalked it up to okay, this is just the cliche that they want you to buy into, like mm-hmm. like the whole oh the crying brings them back to life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll believe that the friendship is the cosmic energy. That you know what that that'll work. Heart of the cards kind of thing. Oh yeah, heart of the yeah. cards energy, real strong. <laughs> I might I might I might have been reading a little deeper into it than you guys because I also did just finish uh rewatching Gurren Lagann recently and so I it's been on the mind. And I don't I don't think I mentioned it already. Did did I already mention that that one of the that the main writer for Forze was a writer for Gurren for Gurren Lagann? No, but it's yeah, that, that that's probably good mentioned. information. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's worth <laughs> I mean, that's I, I mean you're like that's... mentioning it now, so. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um so yeah, that's a thing, guys. I mean, I feel uh, like that's pretty Pretty well known, I guess. Is it Riku Sanjo? Is that the guy? No, not Riku Sanjo. No, I'm terrible um, with names. Well, Riku Sanjo was one of the ri- the writers, but uh, maybe he's not the one that was on Karen Logan. Oh, Kazuki Nakashima. Kazuki Nakashima. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's like that's about as well known as the the whole Ganarabochi wrote guy, but also wrote Madoka. I think I think it's the same level. Of yeah, that. yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. That was a big thing when it was when it was coming out. People were talking about that. Oh yeah, um, but either way, in case you didn't know, that is a thing, um, and that's why I keep comparing Forze to Gurren Lagann in different ways because I'm a huge, huge fan of Gurren Lagann. And no. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah Take my, a my, my friends Every are sick of hearing it by Gurren now. Lagan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I know, um, but. You know, it's it's hard for me to know what I know about the writer and not try to look for the connections in Forze as I'm watching. Right. And so, like, Forze's whole ga- The School is a Galaxy speech near the end. That is a very Gurren Lagann protagonist thing to do. Um, right. That is the whole the whole concept of um, the, the, the power that the hero is using being also a metaphor for something else so like if cosmic energy really is the power of friendship or at least strengthened by it or something i i wished that it was said outright at some point just because like that's kind of what i'm used to with that sort of storytelling um and that's kind of what i expected because that's how that that's the sort the same sort of pattern that gurren lagan uses with its power system right. is like it's like a metaphor and you only learn about the in-universe explanation later on, and it and everything starts to click. Um, but that, yeah, that, that's that's my only gripe about the the power source. I mean, the whole show is about friendship, and they establish that very well. Uh, oh yeah. But then you know, as soon as the cosmic states, uh, whatever, it's the switch is introduced, and he can't use it. They don't really. They don't really figure out why it just kind of happens, and then he kind of figures out that it's about friendship. Kengo follows the clues that his dad left. Yeah, but it, yeah, I, I will agree that it, it would have been nice if it was a little bit more established. But it's also not a make or break thing for me. Like it's just like just kind of go. Oh yeah, it. no, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, I don't necessarily expect common writer to fully explain things these days. <laughs> <laughs> 
A lot of the time, I just shrug my shoulders and go, sure. <laughs> I'll buy that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just one big toy commercial, so. That's true. That's true. It's just that some shows, some shows make me want to hold the others to a higher, to a higher well, standard. I, I appreciate it when a show can, like, take these weird concepts that, like, Bandai is throwing at them and then they have to, like, kind of make it make sense. I'm looking at you, Build. I mean, Build. I mean, build is just fine. Build is fine. Were you saying Build didn't explain anything? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, build as in, like, it had a lot of really weird concepts being thrown together in a way that didn't make much sense. And then they found a way to explain it in the lore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I misheard you. Yeah, because, yeah, I I feel like build, yeah, it's one of those shows that just, it makes, but then, but in the end, it makes total sense. I'd say Gaim does too, but I think Gaim gets more of a (laughs) pass for, like, doing the impossible, I guess you could say. Like making any kind of sense out of fruits and samurai, so yeah, I think you you lose a lot of people when you say fruits and samurai, but you, you have to go. No, wait, really, it's a good show. Yeah, you know, I promise the, that that exact pitch is exactly why I started watching Common Rider because I saw the trailer. It was fruits and samurai, and I was like, that looks crazy. I need to see it. <laughs> Man, don't forget dancing. <laughs> That's very dude. They dropped that so quickly. We're not talking about Gaim. Oh my god, we're talking about Forza. Uh, yeah, I will say if we, if we if we talk about like theme, well, not themes, but like uh, ways that the show implements these kinds of concepts, uh, we talk about the switches. And the switches, when I first saw it, were a huge grab of mine. I didn't even when they explained what they were and how they came to be. I just didn't like how random they were. It just felt like. Giant Foot. Giant Foot, the pen. Dude, Giant uh, Foot got its own song. That's I, th- I always think that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. W- well, yes and no. Giant Step was up before Giant Foot was introduced. Giant, uh, uh, Giant Step was used as a insert song for, like, states changes. So, like, electric states, fire states. I believe the that using the Giant Foot switch is the first time that they played Giant Step and it wasn't a, a form change. Mm, okay. Which is hilarious, and I love it. Yeah, that makes... <laughs> if it wasn't used, that I'd be pissed off. But <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, something about just... It just... It, was, it felt way too gimmicky, and I know that's, that's common Rider, but it just... It didn't work for me. And even now, it's like... They're all just kind of interchangeable throwaway. Like, yeah, there's the drill and the rocket, and then there's also the the big arm, and then there's the big foot, and then there's the. It's just a lot of stuff, and I know, you know, even though they explained it, what wasn't the explanation that it was a lot of stuff that Kingo liked or something like that, or Kingo chose the. No, you're thinking of build. I'm not... Oh yeah, I'm thinking of build. Dang. There, there was literally no explanation for why each switch was what it was. Right. But I found out later, I had, I had heard that each switch is based on a scientific principle or theory or something along those lines. Hmm? So like giant foot, for instance. Yeah, it's a giant foot, but it manipulates gravity. 
you've got the mad you you've got the uh, the 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 hand that can like deconstruct things and stuff, and that's that's robotics. Uh, you've got the rocket, which is literally rocket science, um, that kind of stuff. I feel like there's something there that doesn't work. I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's what there's some that don't work, but I can't think of them. I don't know. It I I it was just yeah I don't I don't know. The the switches never worked as much as like other gimmicks I guess for me. Yeah, like I mean even even Ghost had a reason for like the the icons being what they were because they were all linked to history. So like right. It it, it helps to have meaning behind them. I think it, it makes you remember them more because I had I honest to god I had to go back and I had to remind myself of what some of the switches were. See, I I definitely agree that the switches are random and silly and gimmicky. But what I what I really appreciate about the Switches is the fact that they really get a lot of clever use out of them. Like, they, they never forget a single Switch that they use, and they use them all in sequence with one another in different ways all throughout the show, right up until the end. Heck, even in the Wizard crossover. even So even if the, the gimmick isn't super thematically cohesive, which... Uh, you know, I like thematic cohesion as much as anyone, per- perhaps even more. Uh, <laughs> but the way that they get use out of each of those modules really, I I just really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I get why people like it. I think I was just it. It led to sometimes awkward fights, I guess. And fights are a big thing for me. So if a fight doesn't, if it just if he does, you know, activates two switches and then it goes to a CG character bouncing around and hitting somebody, just like I, I kind of lose interest, I guess. Have you it, seen, uh, or have you, have you recently watched uh, the, the, the summer movie? No, it's been a while. That, that movie has a really fantastic fight scene where Forze and Meteor are going up against copies of all 12 horoscopes. And Gentaro uses probably every single switch. Okay, I'll have to go back and look at that again. I meant to watch it before this, but I didn't have time. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just switches aren't really my thing. I I prefer if you're going to be a gimmick, I'd rather it be uh, some kind of armor or weapon that makes sense. I don't really want it to be a random like. Oh, this is a satellite dish, and this one is a leg rocket. And also, it always bugged me when, I don't know, whenever I think about how he's fighting, and he uses a switch, and he, um, I was wondering, like, okay, so why did he put this one in this slot, and why did he choose it to be on his leg instead of his arm? Like, there's some things, like, like for example, the, the, the brush. Why is it always on the foot? Like, why can't it be... It makes more sense to have it in your hand so you could like actually write with it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm willing to bet it was designed that way just because it's quirkier that way. But yeah. in universe, it's just that each one can only work in specific slots. Why put the pen on the foot? <laughs> I'm sure there were only so many that could go on the foot. That's like putting most. I feel like most, like more than half of them are on their foot. Like. Like you can't put hammer on a foot. That's like putting like I mean, you could. the Bigfoot one on your hand. It's like it doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? <laughs> Listen, don't come at me for putting my shoes on my hands. 
I mean, if you're handstanding all day, then that's fine. Can we all at least agree that the henshin sequence is really cool? Switches aside, I love, I, that oh, is can such we just? a slick. Yeah. That's rememberable, and it's you. You all do it with them every single time. You're just like, yeah, and you do the countdown, and you oh, yeah. throw your hands in the air, dude. It's such a. You ah, called sh- me out. <laughs> I do love like I remember seeing that for the first time, just being like, that is a cool transformation. Having like him. You know, strike the pose, hit the lever, and then he does. He strikes an even bigger pose, and then you just have this ring of like energy around him, and then like smoke and st- like everything is like, it's a really cool looking sequence. And then Uchu Kita. Yeah, I, I I usually like the ones where it zooms out into like the space and then universe and then the galaxy. Like that one, I I always like love that. It goes out further each out. time. Yeah, I think my personal favorite is the one where it show it it keeps him in the shot as it shows like the galaxy around him. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah, and I like how the Comrade uh, Club participates most of the time. Yes, Ever, from the very beginning, Yuki yeah. always does Uchukita with him. Yeah, and sometimes they even do the you know uh, we're gonna fight one on one thing. They do the same pose with them. Yeah. And also, I love that he he uh, even in suit, he always like strokes his like uh, what do you call it pompadour pompadour his hair. He does the he does the helmet squeak. I and love you get it. the squeak, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the squeak. All right, the listen, squeak. Story time. Very brief story time. He had a pompadour while I was while I was doing my rewatch. <laughs> um, I I I had my mom come to visit, and I wanted to show her that there's like a, almost a Star Trek reference at the beginning. But as I was navigating to that part, uh, or I'm, I'm talking about like the little the little prologue thing right before the opening plays. Um, but right, but, but before I navigated to that part, I we caught it on a clip of him doing the hair thing, and she's like laughing so hard at it because it's just like, wait, did he really just do that? And I'm like, yes, yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I was the, that, oh. like, I, oh, go ahead. Uh, I, if we were gonna move on, I, I was gonna. Talk about the OP if everyone else is finished with their thoughts. But if you want to go ahead, yes. Oh, no. I was going to say that I, I what I like about uh, Gentara and Forze is that you can see the character in the suit acting as well. Like, yeah. Takaiwa is so good. Yeah. It's crazy that he was like probably in his 40s, maybe close to 50 at this point, And he still has the energy of a teenager. I would go so far as to say that this is my favorite Takaiwa performance that I've seen. Same. I I still think Deno is probably my favorite, but this one's up there. Deno's really Deno's a close second for me. That's next mm-hmm. on my list. I haven't I haven't seen it yet. I'll never get over the Fi's hand flick though. That's always really cool. Ah, the Fi's. You're speaking my <laughs> language, Katie. You're speaking my language. Dude, you know I'm a lover of Fi. I'm wearing my Fi shirt right now. No, like real, real talk. Well, that's funny because I'm wearing my Common Rider Club shirt right now. Mine is in the laundry. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it 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 be like that sometimes. All right. as long as you have tomorrow's underwear. That's O's. 
<laughs> Never mind. Anyway, we'll um, we'll be- before we before we move on to the OP, Katie, I, I wanted to mention one more thing about the the team doing the pose with him. Go for it. Was was that that the final transformation? The way that they build up to it and they do the whole graduation speech, mm-hmm. and then they all yell three, two, one, and they all and and, and you see four as they go uchu, and then they go they go they all go down in that crouch uchu, and they all yell kita, and it was so. Oh, I love that part. I got goosebumps. <laughs> I love the Common Rider Club. <laughs> I was just so proud of everyone. I was like, look how much you've all grown, my, like, fictional children. <laughs> right? <laughs> and the song that played during that scene was perfect. Saite? Yeah. yeah. Such a good song. Yeah, after after we talk about the OP, we should talk about the Common Rider Club members a bit more. Sure. Yeah. 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 So the go, OP. Go, Katie. Yeah, so, like the OP for those who don't know is "Switch On" by Anna Suchia. I think is how you pronounce her uh, last yeah, name. Yeah, Anna Suchia. But Suchia, it is. Suchia, yeah. But like, talk about like a highly energetic opening to match uh, the theme of the show, and then the the opening itself, like the way it's edited, I also think is really really cool. I like the 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 beginning where they talk about. Uh, you know, space, and you know, you've got the lineup of the Common Rider Club on their backs, and they zoom in, and everyone's got to switch. It's like the way that they segue into the title sequence. Ah, it's so good. It's so clever. Space on your hands. <laughs> space on your hands. <laughs> I'm throwing a switch right now on my end. Which switch is it? It's um, it's 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 really not. It's it's the switch side of the fidget cube. <gasps> Big fan. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't think I have a switch. I have a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I have that too. I also have light switches, but that's all other thing. I'm just waiting for the CSM Forza. I'm still waiting on a Nadeshko belt release. We never got a real Nadeshko driver, and I'm adding Toei and Bandai right now. I will come to your headquarters if you don't release a Nadeshko belt. <laughs> They should do that with the complete set, like they did with the Poseidon driver. It's literally just a repaint. That's all you need to do and take out two spots. That's it. It's not that hard. Well, you could just take a saw. I'm sure you have a Forza belt lying around somewhere. Just take a saw and just cut out. That's what we did for when I cosplayed Nadeshko, but we couldn't find the right shade. Yes. Oh, my God. We we felt like sacrilege uh, cutting those switches. It was very sad. Oh, man. Um, Did it still work? I don't remember. I think they were candy toys, to be honest with you. But you oh, you just have to be at Don Quixote and see like the pile of like the gimmick items in like the ten yen box mm. to know that <laughs> at that point it is not that worth it. It's not that valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. I I, I don't yeah, I don't have any switch. I usually try to get a Fi's version of every like gimmick for Kamen Rider. Oh, like if they come out with a Legend Rider version? Yeah, so I, I, I got like a Gaim uh, Lockseed, and I have a Gaim, uh, not, not Gaim, a uh, Fize Lockseed, a uh, Fize, uh, what do you call those? Uh, Gashats? Icons? No, no, no. Ride uh, watches? Drive, drive, drive. Oh, the shift the, cars. Oh, the shift, shift cars. Shift cars. But not the shift yeah. cars, the... Signal bike. Yes, signal bike. I have a signal bike. I think Paula... Oh, gave, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paula gave me that one, actually, for like a birthday present. Uh, I think I have another one. I can't remember what it was, but I. It was funny that you mentioned that because Nicole once gave me a. Uh, I, I think it was the Gashapon uh, Forze Gashat. Mm. 
That's dope. I also have a deluxe version. Wait, what were we talking about? Oh, right, the OP. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> right, the OP. Yeah, the OP is actually pretty great. I think uh, it's it's just, yeah, it hypes you up so much. And it's so fun to sing to. You know what's really great about the OP? is not just the song, but the fact that they update the video so many times. Like, you, you expect it to get updated for every... Um, for every like new power up and every new rider, but they go they really go above and beyond because they keep changing like the in between scenes where they're where they're just civilians to show more of the common rider club. Like when Ryusei joins, uh, they intro- they introduce more newly recorded footage of that of the whole club with Ryusei, whereas previously they hadn't had that. Um, and like most rider openings they tend to just toss in the new rider separately and show off his powers and power-ups and stuff. But every single time the common rider for the OP gets updated, they update those civilian scenes as well. So like later on you have you have Osugi in the rabbit hatch with everyone. Man, that's that's how my bad habit like sort of bites me in the ass is that I skip the opening almost all the time. So I never see any of those changes. <laughs> It's, it's especially cool when you notice that the scene where it goes into the chorus and you see Forze flying by with all the different switches activated. Yeah. They up, they update that too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's just like, yeah, I think every show I kind of just, at some point I just start skipping the intros. So sometimes I miss that, like the subtle changes that they make. But that's pretty cool. But I, I just love the energy of this song so much. and Oh yeah, it's so good. I feel like it took me a while to get used to it. Because I really like the O's uh, opening, too. Anything goes is so good. Yeah. Um, so it took me a bit to... Cause I, at first, I didn't really like Anna's voice, but it definitely grew on me as I watched the show. And now it's just like, it fits per- Like, this opening is perfect for the show. It makes total sense. Oh, yeah. Two of my favorite memories from my visit, visit to Japan are Forza-related. Because I remember I was in Toei Hero World when that was a thing, and the theme, they had the theme songs playing, just tons of Sentai and Kamen Rider theme songs on loop, uh, and so like the Forza comes on, it's like come on, come on, come on, Ikose, come on, come on, come on, Forza, yeah, no, uh, the the staff were very entertained by me. Uh, <laughs> I mean that. At Common Rider, uh, the diner. One of the things that I always get when I'm there is I always order their fries, the the little uh, food droid fries, because you get the little Same. food droid cup. I still have mine. <laughs> I kept mine. That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it um it plays Japan. the theme when you go there. Oh my god, dude, you got to go to the Rider Diner. It's so good. Yeah. Whenever we're allowed to go back, <laughs> definitely go. <laughs> my favorite food droid is the Nuggeroid. Oh, the little That's nuggets a... flying around. I did like him. I did like them. I like oh. the ice cream one. <laughs> the ice cream one is like, <laughs> so funny. Especially when it just comes up and just sprays people with ice for no reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the little prick is like, <laughs> keeps doing that. <laughs> I mean, same though. If I was a like food right i'd definitely be that one <laughs> i just like <laughs> shit on everyone like that one was introduced like right before the cosmic switch became a thing like when osugi first discovered the rabbit hatch mm, yeah dude 
Osugi was such a gem of a character. I suppose this is as good a time as any to discuss each club member, huh? Yeah. Yes, that's great. I mean, is there, was there anything else you wanted to say about the opening song or any other ones? If we're going to talk about a song, I will just give an honorable mention to the, the hard metal Hayabusa-kun song. And how that <laughs> is <laughs> probably singly the best song to come out of Kamen Rider Forze. Well, if we're going to mention Hayabusa-kun, we have to mention the, uh, the the really, really sad version of it that Yuki sang before Kengo left. But why can't we talk about the hardcore metal version? That's so much happier. <laughs> we can talk about both of them, because both of them give me feels. different, Very different feels, but feels I remember seeing a Hayabusa-kun out of Mandarake and was like really tempted, but I was like, nah, I'll pass. Ah, oh, but you gotta go to space. Hayabusa-kun is waiting for you. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I also like didn't have room for it. Very fair. I already had so much shit already bought in Japan, and it was just like, at that point, if I had bought it, then both me and my bank account would have been crying. So. <laughs> you you have a weight limit for your bags. You can't go over a certain yeah, amount. Yeah, like the airport is probably like nah. That'll be four hundred extra dollars, please. You know, I really, I really loved how in the, in the Wizard crossover, um, the new Common Rider Club freshman, the the girl who wants to be like Yuki, she has herself a little Hayabusa Kun keychain, ah, like hanging from her bag or something. It's kind of like the what's the Futo one called? Oh, Futokun uh, keychain. F- is it Futokun? Yeah, yeah. I like the windmill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the. I think it's just Futokun. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Hayabusa Kun, isn't Yuki just a- adorable? <laughs> she is. She she's definitely the the high energy kind of club member that you you really she's the hype girl that's that's what the word I'm looking for she's the yeah. she's the big hype girl of the club and, and Gentaro's most important friend. Yes, his childhood friend that helps lead us into the beginning of the show. She teaches him his henshin pose and does it with him every time. Also, she's the one most passionate about space. Yeah. She's the one who's like so into it all the time. You just like are there for her and you're like, good for her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Then she gets to go to space. Flashback to that one time she was a little too into it because of the Gemini Zodiacs. Uh, that was a really great episode, though. I love the Gemini Zodiacs episodes because, on the one hand, it's really, really creepy because she like loses her face, but on but on the other hand, part two turns into this really sweet story about Gentaro and his childhood friend. Yeah, which is by that point, like, because he he's so busy making so many friends across the campus or whatever. You kind of forget that they are childhood friends. At least for me. Like, this, she just, you know, she's just a part of the group or whatever. But at that point, you kind of forget their history. So it's cool to see that happen again. See that brought yeah. up again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what was it? I remember, like, she's, I remember the part where uh, Miu and Shun are graduating. So she's sort of nominated as the new president. So she yeah. freaks out because she's taking the responsibility very seriously, but she is not good under pressure. 
and it's like yeah i know what that, i know how that feels <laughs> for sure um yeah same <laughs> but i love how earnest she is about it she wants to do good and she wants to be she wants to support everybody but she just i guess she doesn't have the uh temperament for it i guess i don't know, I don't know if that's the right word uh she doesn't she, like me it was very uh, definitely more leadership type material but she's also yeah i don't know what she does besides telling everybody to go here and go there look pretty <laughs> yeah Mew doesn't have the uh the the expertise or the passion for most of the show um she gets a lot of really cool moments in the uh in the summer movie but before that she didn't really do too much um and she but but she she was really good at like delegating and organizing and knowing what everyone is good at i feel like she helped a lot she helped a lot as for like their social presence because you know she was such a big socialite and you know the, yeah. the queen bee that's true so yeah. I, th- I think she helped with their uh repertoire i think oh or, yeah. yeah i mean yeah. she de- there, there were definitely things that she did that were helpful i don't i don't mean this to say that she was completely useless <laughs> no i actually think she she actually cared about the team like she she may you know she may not be the muscle or she may not be like the most technically savvy or whatever but she did care about the team and when she was leaving she was worried about who would be there for them and to be able to like you know or yeah like organize them or like keep them as a team before then like you know they were kind of all over the place and once she came in she kind of she kind of made them into a team even though she didn't really i don't know it's so weird how she did it like she did it without doing it, and it's really you know, <laughs> you're yeah. right. She was kind of like a the mom figure that they all needed. Yeah, yeah, she is. When she was leaving, um, they were they were sort of making her think that they were going to be okay without her, and she was really sad about it because she's like, "Mom, my friends don't need me anymore," and like that's that's that hit pretty yeah. well. That was that was a good part of that story. Um. And then, of course, she sees, oh, wait, no, they actually do still need you because you still bring something valuable to the team. Yeah. So then they, her and Shun just start, continue to go back to high school when they're, they're in college. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, they're going to leave the show halfway through. Okay, interesting. And then they just kept showing back up. And I'm like, you're still here. <laughs> like, I don't think I ever went back to high school oh. after I went to college. <laughs> I went back one time. <laughs> I think that's all I my needed. favorite, uh, my most memorable thing about Mew um, is when they were doing kind of like the handoff almost for Wizard. And you see, like, I think it's where Shun tries to give her like a <laughs> ring and then she yeah. sees the Wizard ring instead. And she's like, oh, I want that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, that, I, had to, I had to like pause it in that part because I was laughing so hard. That was genius. That's like Shun proposing to her, and she's like, oh, "But that that really pretty ring that the magician guy has." She's like that guy with the donut has a way one. better ring than me. I am a wizard. <laughs> oh my god! I want what he's having. Speaking of, how about Shun? The guy who does the paradiser and something else. He's just uh, the no, muscle. just the power he's pretty much He's pretty much the muscle. That's yeah. <laughs> pretty, he's the guy who can he's operate. He's hot though. Like 
Even though he may not be like the brains, he's he's hot. Like we we can all agree on that. <laughs> he's a very attractive dude. He is a very attractive dude. I thought I had some feelings about Shun early on. He's the only one who I didn't like at first. Um, and it, I I mean they they played most of the Common Rider Club as antagonistic at first in some way. Um. Because, you know, that's how Gentaro makes friends. They butt heads and then they become buddies. Uh, but with Shun, it was it was a little different. Like, um, I don't know if it's it was just that he, uh, he wasn't doing a very good job of acting in the scene where he's venting about his, the, the pressure his father puts on him. But, I don't know, something about that early part wasn't hitting home for me. He's so much better after he becomes a part of the Kamen Rider Club. Like just in general as a character, that's kind of. I mean, just that's like how, everyone. Though. Yeah, that's how it happens with you know, especially with Tokusatsu. This is a lot of people's like first or second project, and you know they're still trying to fill out the character, and you know it, it's it's usually pretty rough in the beginning. But yeah. they, they they learn to grow into their character. Because his whole thing was like he was the um, the dumb like jock that is. Um, like portrayed in a lot of American or I guess Western like high school stereotypical like either media or in real life actually too and I thought he played that part pretty well because it was like okay like obviously he's gonna be like a jerk to everyone because he's the jock that's just the stereotype and then when he joins like the Kamen Rider Club he realizes that he doesn't really need to like play by that stereotype in a way he's like i can be like whoever the fuck i want to be so i thought that was like really interesting how they kind of like grew him that way i mean i can say the same with like the other members because like me was the same way she was like a total bitch before like she joined and then she started became she started being like the team mom and 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 she was like everybody's mom so i kind i kind of want to make sure that i uh i i explain that what what i mean is like i just felt like like i, I thought mew was very well written from the beginning i thought that most of the club was shun is the only one who i thought wasn't as well written his story was good but i just thought that as a character he wasn't necessarily written the best in that arc well i guess after his you know entering the team most of his motivation was to sort of impress Mew, I guess. Yeah. Like he was kind of just kind of tied to Mew. Well, it started off that way, but then it, like, he started finding his own thing. He became friends with Gentaro and everyone. Yeah. Yeah, but he was always still with Mew, so. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of the part that bothered me a little, but I didn't mind it that much because it was, like, he at least, like, it's still valid. Like I it is. It is. But like me is hot. Like I fucking go for me <laughs> straight. But like, yeah. Like I just. I mean, I thought it was pretty valid. I was like, yeah, I get no, it. No, I don't have a problem with them being together. I don't have a problem with them being together. I just like he didn't really have his own motivations. I guess he did towards the end. They were they were yeah. kind of almost paired off as the seniors. Took a while, but yeah. There's a yeah, pretty cool true. part in the summer movie where um, Shun comes in with the with the power dizer, and then Mew and Jake of all people find two more laying around, 
<laughs> and, and they 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 do a little roll call. It, like Shun's like King Dizer, and uh, Mew's like Queen Dizer, and Jake's like Jake Dizer. <laughs> yeah, that's why I like the summer movie so much. It's just so fun, and I was like, yeah, I really enjoy this summer movie. Went all out. I know. I know we've talked a little bit about Jake already, but should we talk more about Jake, or do we think we've talked enough about Jake? Let's talk about Jake. We can talk about Jake. Jake's cool. I feel like we couldn't ever talk enough about Jake. Jake is perfect. <laughs> so I will say before we move on to Jake that uh, we did write a story about Shun's actor, Justin Tomimura, Tomimori, uh retiring from acting, or retiring from oh, the yeah. entertainment industry, I guess. I think he, like last oh, month? Oh yeah, I remember seeing Back that. in March, yeah. Yeah. The timing was a little weird because that was while we were preparing for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw that and I was like, is this a coincidence? Or like, were they like, hey, since he's retiring, maybe we should like do Force Oh no, we planned this way before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, this was this was already a thing before that. Because I was the last one to join, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about Jake a bit more. I would, if I could make a controversial statement, I think mm-hmm. <laughs> I like Jake's hair more than I liked Gentaro's hair. I feel like Jake's hair was always I agree on with point. you, actually. I honestly, I don't know how Jake got his hair that way. It's just so complicated, but it's so fun. And I'm like, wait. I always have been a sucker for those ones where like they have like the bangs pulled up and a little ponytail and like some clips and shit i don't know like that that hairstyle always just speaks to me like when when sukasa had that same kind of hairstyle i liked it then too but yes best hair goes to jake i don't know best hair quite how to explain jake's style but his hairstyle definitely works with his look uh probably better than gentaro's uh pompadour as iconic as it is uh, better than that pompadour works with Gentaro's outfit. Just because, I don't know, I've never once, apart from Gentaro, not even in, like, dramas or what, like, maybe, 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 like, really old stuff, but, like, I've never seen another character with that hairstyle in live action. And I don't know how exactly why they landed on it, but, like, they, they owned it. Well, I mean, what's his name? Uh... What's his name from Build? Ryuga? Oh, um, Banjo, you mean? Banjo, yeah. He's he got the braids of... in his hair. Yeah, he's got like the braids. I don't like the braids. <laughs> I forget they're there. Yeah, I forget it all the time, too. I literally I need forget to look it until you actually see it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this isn't working. <laughs> I need to look up a picture right now to see it for myself. <laughs> he doesn't have it throughout the whole show, I don't think. He has it at some I point. like his Amazon's hair better. <laughs> oh wow! But it also right. it doesn't, it doesn't it. really it doesn't really fit with his character. Whereas with uh, Jake, like Jake has his own style. Like he's he's I his like own that. person mm-hmm. and he has his own style. So it, it, his hair makes sense with his style. I liked his style. He's got the very like relaxed. Like I kind of care about school, but not enough to like fully put on my uniform. You're gonna get like the jacket, and that's it. Yeah, he's more of a, uh, what do you call it? A social Kenta. person. <laughs> Kenta from Mega Ranger. <laughs> Kinda. You know, oddly enough, I don't, I don't know why I bring this up, but I, maybe it's because I'm watching this show at the same time. I'm re-watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. 
And he kind of does the same thing where he makes his own jacket from the school jacket that he goes to in the boarding school to make it look more, you know, colorful and flamboyant and everything like that. So it's like he's expressing himself. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah. Individuality. Yeah. Jake's a really interesting character to break down because there are so many sides of him. There's the part that is all about creative expression and per- personal freedom or whatever. There, like he's such a free spirit. And then there's like the part of him where it's like he'll go be quote unquote friends with everyone in the school, but really he's just using them for information or for his own selfish purposes until he meets Gentaro and then he actually makes some real friends for once. Yeah. And so, like, Jake is a really fascinating character because there are so many aspects to him. But you don't think about that while you're watching. It's it's not until, like, you step back and think about it that it's like, wow, there's there's a lot going on with this one character. Yeah. He was definitely the most interesting out of the entire Kamen Rider Club. I would agree with in that. In my opinion, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely related to him the most. I think Tomoko would come second. Um, but yeah, I definitely follow Jake the most closely. I don't know who I relate to the most. Mine was also Jake and Tomoko. <laughs> I, I I relate to Gintaro and Yuki the most. Um, but like, as far as Jake is concerned, um, I mean, he was also the one who. That was oh yeah, that was when um they had to figure out the the cosmic situation because Jake decided to leave the club to pursue his dream with the Zodiarts. Yeah. yeah. And be, and that made Gentaro question their friendship, but really it and, and like it does feel like that, like being in that sort of situation, like honestly, even these days, um, like like even even as an adult for me at least, um there there can be those social situations where you're just you're not sure of your standing with a person because they've left or something uh, or they they've gone to go do their own thing and right. and the fact that all Gentaro needed to be able to use cosmic was to go like talk with everyone and and, and or talk with talk with Jake and be like yeah no we're still friends uh and I'm going to I'm going to help you through this and then he was even 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 if Jake wasn't part of the Common Rider Club, and this happens again later, he's able to use Cosmic because it's it's just about well, actually you know I guess the full solution to that problem didn't pop up until uh, when the horoscopes were coming after them. Uh, there was there was that was what uh, not not Virgo, um, the the pink one. The pink mm. one is Virgo. Oh okay, I always get them confused. <laughs> Um, I'm not very good at, uh, astrology, you see. Anyway, um, so Virgo was going after everyone, and pre- in the previous situation where Jake left the club, it wasn't until Jake joined back with the club that he was able to get Cosmic under his control again. But in that later arc, you revisit that plot point, and Gentaro goes and sees everyone outside of the club, and is able to feel secure enough in their friendship because it's like, yeah, no, you, we don't have to be in the same club to be friends. And, right. and it's like, oh, that makes so much sense in hindsight. It was just a really well done story. And it started with Jake's story with the, with the horoscopes. Hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I do remember that there was like people not really liking him, I think, back in the day. Maybe they just that they didn't really get him. 
He's one he's of a complicated those, guy. like, he, he's a very loud character, and I think you kind of have to be subscribed to that idea in order to, like, like that character. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I get that. If people don't like the un, almost annoying stereotype, then they won't like Jake, but I like Jake, and that's what matters to me. <laughs> I think for the most part, Jake is Jake also is not played for laughs, and we've had other flamboyant common rider characters who people, from my at least as far as I've seen, people like flamboyant common rider characters when they're played for laughs. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it, and that's a whole topic. Uh, but yeah, I I think the reason uh, or I think me liking Jake kind of almost transfers over to why I like Genochi so much and Gaim because they both kind of have similar aspects to them where like they've got like the almost flamboyant or like the metro kind of style but then they don't really have that kind of they they don't show it almost um they're more reserved about it whereas like in comparison to somebody like bravo who's just like all over the place with you know the flamboyance um but i I see that connection in those two characters i don't know jenochi is greedon right yes he's the acorn Yeah. yeah 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 I guess I could see a connection there. Yeah, I get, I get you, I get you. I was trying to think of who I relate to. I think I relate to Ryusei the most, but like post common Rider Club Ryusei, <laughs> dark haired Ryusei. No, no, no. Like after he finally joins and everybody finds out his. Oh, oh okay. Because like before, uh. like before, he's like pretending to be the nice, you know, reserved type. Because he's trying to get information. Once his secret is out and, you know, he does the whole thing where he's saving his, his friend and all that stuff. And he becomes part of the team. Then he kind of lets you all You mean Tokyo the... Yongo? Yeah. I, I, I was like, I know this guy. I know this guy. And I looked at it. I was like, oh, that's, that's, uh, what's his face from Tokyo? That's awesome. Hikari. Uh, Hikari, yeah. Uh, which is one of my favorite characters in, in Tokyo. Oddly enough. Why is this Tokachi? Oh, yeah. He's great. Um, Tokachi and, um, What's his face? Akira were my favorite. But Charlie, anyway, Charlie, um, Forze. <laughs> Sorry, but, I digress. But yeah, once he, once he, once he, you know, officially becomes a part of the team, he kind of he lets down that you know barrier of like you know he he stops acting like that character that he was trying to act like, and he shows more of his real self, and he's a bit sarcastic, I guess, and he kind of just says things the way he as they are. Oh yeah, no. Ryusei is very blunt. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wouldn't say I'm that blunt, but I do like sometimes just say stuff. But I'm not as bad. I'm not as much as him. But I did. I did like once that happened, and they went to Kyoto, and then he started criticizing Kengo, and Kengo's like, "Huh? So this is the real you, huh?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't really need to act anymore. So we're just gonna say it." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> cool. I like that. And that's what Gentaro was waiting the whole time for, because he yeah. could tell how insincere he was. And that's what I like about Gentaro. He he doesn't become friends with someone until he sees their real self. And he knew that he wasn't seeing uh, Ryusei's real self until, you know, he had that whole dilemma. Yeah. So I thought that was real cool. And I, for the most part, I kind of I like him as a character. Uh, it's weird that there's like a whole school of just... Bruce Lee clone fighters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm yeah. not sure if it was the whole school though. Like, well, it know. wasn't the whole school. But when he was fighting um, the Tokyo guy, his friend, 
I yeah. feel like they're both screaming like Bruce Lee. Oh yeah, no, they were they were definitely both being trained in the same style. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's really weird. But oh, you know what? Now that you mention it, maybe maybe what it, it was a situation like uh, AGHS, where Gentaro's school is ba- was constructed entirely for purposes surrounding. Well, I mean, technically for purposes surrounding the zodiacs, but the cover is that it's trying to get people into space. Um, and and get people to be to want to be astronauts and stuff. So maybe it's a maybe it's a situation like that where like it's a school that specializes in martial arts. Yeah, but we don't really see that when they go back to his school when they're trying to find. Uh, I forgot what they were trying to find, but they went they went to his school for like a trip or something like that. I mean, it's also possible that he wasn't trained from his school. Probably it could have not. just been an yeah. activity outside of school. Yeah, and and also like I I do like that he has like a Bruce Lee style. I wish he didn't scream as much because that just makes it uh... looks a little sillier. Yeah, it makes yeah. it unintentionally comedic, but I like his style of fighting, and I also like that the actor when he's out of suit does a lot of his fights, especially in like um, the summer movie and in um, Ultimatum. Oh yeah, no, he's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. Speaking of the speaking of those movies, there was also uh, well, I think her name was Inga, uh, the Interpol agent. Inga Blink. Yes, and she uh, she also was trained in the same style as Ryusei. So uh, take that how you will. Wait, Inga. I mean, she, they got together in the end, anyways. So. She she's the big titty movie character. Sorry. Oh, the cutie honey. Uh... <laughs> What's her name? Cutie Honey Live. I think that's fine. Honestly, <laughs> wasn't she in that show? She wasn't in the show. She was in. She was in the summer movie. She was in the movie, like the summer movie. No, no, no I'm saying she was in the live action Cutie Honey show. Oh, I didn't uh, watch Cutie Honey. I don't know. So. I don't know what that. I don't, I don't know. know what that is. So. It's based off of a anime or a manga or something from like the 70s and 80s, I think. And there was a movie in the 2000s. There was also like a Tokusatsu show. And I think she was the main character. That's why I said she's the cutie honey lady. Oh, maybe. It's well, okay, that's... Cute... I gotta look this up now because I'm pretty sure that's right. That's but uh, <laughs> oh no, I was just I was just pointing out. You know, we're talking about Ryusei's fighting style and where he learned it from, and she was trained in the same style. Right. And um, that was like a, a key plot point, hinting at her being on their side in the movie. Um, yeah. Also, Katie, I personally do not subscribe to the theory that they are an item in the in Ultimatum. I think that was just uh, innocent flirting because I will forever support the uh, the Tomoko ship. That's fine. I don't think I was the one that said that I thought they were together. I, I was the one who said it. It wasn't Katie. I was just like, why are you blaming Katie for this? Like, I just said she had big boobies. Oh. <laughs> see this is this is why i have to say things like as soon as they pop up because then i get the name then i get people confused oh my god i mean i did also like i don't think i rewatched like the um ultimatum movies and all that so I, that's why well, i was like pretty behind on that knowledge. i rewatched i rewatched ultimatum i only rewatched uh the forze part of it just because i was short on time but i mean that was just like ill double and it was like nah i'm good <laughs> Uh, okay, yes. Yeah, oh, wait, was... I had a note about Ryusei. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So one episode that um like stood out to me for Ryusei specifically was when they had the whole astronaut test training thing. Oh. And how like and how like they were all put into teams and then they were put into this like room like this really like condensed room together and then you just see you say going like ballistic and like <laughs> being like seeing the side of him that like you've never seen before and you're just like oh my god wait like is, this, <laughs> is he actually doing this like oh wow and that was just such a nice moment because it was like before you all you just saw him as like really like edgy really like yeah kind of reserved really like reserved like more just like chill and then here he's like he explodes and you're just like whoa where's this side of like (laughs) you say like where did that come from yeah and then they get eliminated anyways and then you're just like well and then he like goes out and he's like all like sad and he's like oh god got eliminated guys I thought it was so funny. You know how you always hear his like inner monologue, and then yeah. like in that scene, uh, his friends are all like, "Oh, Ryusei, you're here to help watch everyone with us." And he's like, "Uh, yeah." And then you hear his inner, inner monologue. And he's like, "I can't tell them that I failed because I went crazy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And speaking of uh, that, that brings me to my favorite Ryusei moment, which was um, there. W- I forget which episode it was. I think it was the episode where he finally joins up with the club. Like, there's a part near the beginning where everyone's discussing uh what to do together oh you know what? it might have been during their like summer break or what uh when classes were on pause and stuff um and he and they're all like discussing what to do and he like turns away faces the camera and is like doing his inner, inner monologue thing while everyone else is standing stone still behind him. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah. and then later on he has, they have a callback to that moment in that, in like that same episode or the next episode or something. And it's the, it's the funniest thing. I wish they did that more. That was great. <laughs> that was my favorite. You say yeah. moment. Do you, do you, do you, uh, yes. Uh, Katie, do you guys have a favorite you say moment? Uh, I mean, I just liked his uh, interactions with uh, the Tachibana when he was oh, up yeah. in space. I feel like they had some good banter back and forth. Oh, um, yeah. Man, like having watched most of like uh, Yu Yu Hakusho now, I cannot hear Tachibana's voice and not hear Hiei from that show. Like it is eerie how similar he acts as Hiei and as Tachibana. It's crazy. Tachibana, you mean Virgo? You mean Emoto? Yes. <laughs> I think it's a different voice when he has the helmet on. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't favorite moment. I mean, it's a lot. I I do like the the main episode where he you know joins the team. I thought that was a really good moment for him. Oh, for sure. Um, I like his return in Ultimatum. He's pretty awesome in that. Oh yeah, he he got the opening scene. That was awesome. That opening scene is pretty dope. I love I love that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I like I like. He's one of those characters that doesn't have a lot of like huge moments, but he has a lot of subtle moments throughout the show, where it's like, if you're not paying attention, you kind of miss it. But it's like really funny, like the way he just reacts to people once in a while is just really funny to me. 
Yeah. He turns into a Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot tell me that his upgrade doesn't look like Pikachu. I mean, at least uh, a little point bit. It out. Can we can we talk about Meteor Storm? Ugh. Meteor Storm. I just. Oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> like I saw electric states and I was like, okay, that kind of gives me Pikachu vibes. And then I saw meteors and I'm like, okay, that's just straight up Pikachu. It's, I don't know. That's my, that's one of the complaints that holds up. Most of my complaints after watching this show again, I'm like, you know what? I like that. I still don't like a lot of the writer designs in the show. Like I, like Forza is not really one of my favorite designs. Uh, I don't know. It's just like George has the same reaction every time I say that. Cause I'm just like, I just, it looks kind of bland to me, even though I think it's just bland. the color scheme. I don't know. It makes sense. You know, space rocket, whatever. I get it. It just, so I don't cute. know. Something about it just doesn't, maybe it's the color scheme. I don't know. It just doesn't work for me. Looks too much like Dan Aykroyd's cone heads. Just a bit. That's what, <laughs> that is, that is, you know what? I did have that thought at one point. I, I hate I hate coneheads. So <laughs> having that, I'm just like, this is not right. Uh, I do like how he uses it to headbutt, though. That's really fun. See, I think it's a really good design. But, I mean, I like Meteor's design a bit better, but then he gets Meteor Storm, and I'm just like, what the crap, dude? Like, what happened? Yeah, there? I don't like Meteor Storms either. And <laughs> Meteor Storm would be fine. Because I like that he has the staff as weapon, because we don't see that enough in like Tokusatsu, like just staffs as weapons. It's either yeah. a sword Not just a staff, or a gun, but a Beyblade staff. That's the part that I freaking hate. It makes why? <laughs> why is it a let Beyblade? it rip? Yes, let it no. rip. It makes no sense. Why is it a Beyblade? What's Beyblades the... are dumb. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> Wait, you say they're dumb or they're dope? I said Beyblades are dumb. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I I missed that whole generation of toys, so I didn't. The Beyblades are like, oh, that's cool, but that's not really. I don't get it. I just, I, it would make sense. I would be okay with it if it made sense. It comes out of nowhere. Why is the dude that does Bruce Lee screams do like play, playing Beyblade all of a sudden? I don't get it. <laughs> um, it's supposed to be like a shooting star, I think. You can literally shoot us. I mean, you can shoot it like a gun. Why does it have to be a Beyblade? I, why is it why why does he have this this cool like staff and then he pulls out a pin out of nowhere and then has to rip <laughs> come on it makes no sense it's the ultimate like just bandai saying hey you got to put a beyblade in this why it's a 10 year old thing <laughs> no one cares about beyblades why are we doing it i don't know it's that's the i can i can be okay with everything else about meteor storm it's the Beyblade thing that makes no sense. Why mm, the finishing moves to have to do something with the bow staff, doing some kind of cool, you know, I don't know if you guys have played Soul Calibur where Killick does these all these cool moves with the bow staff. Like, do something like that. Why is he why is it becoming Beyblade? I don't get it. I hate that they choose that they switched his uh undersuit from black to blue. I really liked the the look of Meteor oh, with the black yeah. and like how it was like all the white spots kind of simulating the galaxy and the stars. And then they're like, what if it was yeah. bright ass blue? And then yeah, you lost it feels me. Black and then you still had the like yellow or what the the, the I hated ones. the yellow so much. But I was it like, would no. but it would look, it would look better with black, I think. Than with blue. 
This whole thing was just a fashion atrocity. I was like, <laughs> no, just just please stop. I mean, that's the thing. It just does it. Like meteor as a whole, kind of just aesthetically doesn't always make sense. I guess. I the meteor makes sense more than meteor storm. Meteor storm is just like, it reminds me of a what's it? Beasts uh, upgrade in wizard. Oh yeah. You mean Maho Shoujo Beast? Is that what? It's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just, you know, the whole, the castles and all that stuff. Just like, you know. I don't know. This show is so conflicting to me, like, aesthetic-wise. Because I love the Zodiac designs and, and the horoscopes and all that stuff. But then you get to the writers themselves, and I'm just like, ah, it's okay. See, it's a situation for me where... As far as, uh, you know, the thematic consistency goes, and, like, thematic consistency is something that I've talked about probably a few times before on the podcast, where I'll, like, I'll, like, pull out the the, the token boost example as being really thematically consistent and really beautiful in that way. Consistent with the story. Consistent. Really? No, I get the, I get the theme. I just don't get how it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, the whole token boost thing. Literally thing. only token, uh, just token boost in a in a in a in a vacuum is good. <laughs> the sunglasses are dumb. No, I yes they are. It's yes, just I the get, right amount. I get its of eyes. Them. I get it's the whole thing is about ghost eyes and but, all that. Stuff. But that's like the same thing as they made like the gun and drive a car door. Like it's funny, <laughs> haha, for like two seconds, and then you're like, okay, no, but it's dumb. But at least they made it a joke in Drive, right? Right. Like belt sounds like you serious? <laughs> yeah, they didn't make it a joke, and and I mean his dad died so he can get sunglass blades. So just like <laughs> <laughs> there's two ways to to handle that sort of thing. You you have to be self-referential and humorous about it, or you have to be super serious about it and like go all in. Um, and and you know some people will prefer one approach to the other. Personally, I I just appreciate the thematic consistency in general. Yeah. But as far as far as Forza goes, um, it is I where where I really like thematic consistency for Forza. It doesn't break the show for me on any level. Um, like, yeah, like if I think about it, then sure, it can, it starts to bug me a little, but in general, the characters, the portrayal, the fights, uh, just the story, everything else about Forza supports it because they go all in. Like, like, like I said before, they, they, they go, they go all in, they go ham with it. Mm-hmm. They, tr- they, they treat it real seriously. Um, you right. know, as for as far as Forza can treat things seriously, um, <laughs> And that really sells the character of the show, even right. without thematic consistency. Like, sure, we, we, we could all wish for the day that uh, Meteor Storm uh, was a better take on the, 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 the meteor shower theme. We could, all, we could all wish for the day that the Astro Switches are clever plays on space things. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it really hurts the show. I, it doesn't like, at least right now. Like now, watching it, it doesn't hurt the show for me too much. Like, if the show is fun, I can get past any of the gripes as far as like aesthetically, aesthetic goes. Like, if it's like I, I, I love Tokyo, but I hate the designs of Tokyo. Like, I can, I can like a show and not like the designs of the show. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't always break the show for me. 
it just you know once in a while there's something like freaking Beyblades that just like I don't understand where they came from. I'll never get freaking over the Beyblades. Blade. I'll never get over it. it. Doesn't make any sense. Right. But Forze, Forze is not an ugly suit to me. I don't think it's an ugly suit. It just it's not one of my favorites. I like his cosmic state better. Hmm. Like I feel like out of all the suits in the show, my favorite is the cosmic state one. I think it's. I think it's the fire. That, wait, that's his final form, right? Uh, yes. Just, like double check. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, his final form is actually fusion states. Excuse me. No, the final form's Putotira, actually. <laughs> Putotira. Wow. Oh, Tajador. <laughs> Forza's Tajador states. Yeah. Uh, it's actually Super Tataba. Oh, God. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yes, it's cosmic. <laughs> I just realized we didn't talk about Tomoko. We should talk about yeah, Tomoko. Yeah, we need a we need a double back. Oh, yeah, we yeah. need to talk we about Tomoko. Tomoko. Yeah. Let's circle back, finish talk about the common rider club. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Tomoko, yeah. We still need to talk about Usi- Osigi too. And Ken and, and Kengo. Uh yeah, we yeah. Kengo, yeah, we I got a lot to say about Kengo, but let's let's talk about Tomoko. Yes, Tomoko. I love I love Tomoko so much. Yeah, I think she's a great. She, I wasn't expecting her to be almost like an audience insert, but she kind of was every time she would gush about the yeah. writers. And mm-hmm. I, maybe it's just because I related to her a lot because she reminded me a lot of how not how I was in high school. I was more. I had my goth stage in middle school, but like she definitely kind of like rang those bells for me. And I, I always kind of rooted for her and what she did. And I, I just want the best for my Tomoko. That's all. Were you also part of a witch circle? No, I was oh, okay. not. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of disappointing. Yeah, uh, you know, cults. my dad wouldn't allow it. That I wasn't. <laughs> Your dad was against cults. Surprisingly, in the South, yes, my dad was against cults. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like because, like, I'm also from the South, so like, I get that. <laughs> oh yeah, it was like, like you, you, when you're from the South, like us, you're just like, yeah, there's a. Three out of four that. of us are from the south. Sweats in northern. <laughs> I'm not proud of it at all, but like that doesn't change the fact that I'm from there. I'm technically from the Midwest, but I've lived in the south for the past twenty years, so like I might as well be down here and stuck here. So Tomoko, <laughs> Tomoko, so Tomoko. <laughs> this podcast is all over the place. It's <laughs> oh, great. God, when she said, um. Uh, she when she said that like the world was gonna end in like 2021 yes and then you watch it in 2021 and you're just like tomoko why oh, right. <laughs> that is not age well that's getting like, shared around all. a lot when does she say that I, she says that like during her her like debut or like like during her arc i think it was oh, okay yeah okay, her cool. like specific arc in the beginning yeah she was one year and off. i thought that was just so like sad because i'm like oh my god you actually like you're not wrong tomoko i mean she Listen, was a year I, off like but, shit yeah. girl <laughs> i i watched that scene i ran over to my roommate who was like playing apex or something i'm like yo the world's gonna end common rider just said so i screamed i was like no <laughs> i wonder if they said that because they knew that was going to be the 50th anniversary season or maybe i'm oh, reading maybe. too much into Ooh. it no, maybe you're right. Actually, because 2021 is such a specific I mean, year. One thing we don't mention is that Forza technically is an anniversary of, series. Technically, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. His, his, his name is a portmanteau of the words four and zero because they make 40. And they had, in Mega Max, they had the whole thing with the Legend 7, which was <sighs> really, really cool. So which good. I want to talk about Mega Max. <laughs> and there's 40 yeah. main uh, Astro Switches because 40 years of Kamen Rider. Yep. And they aired alongside Gokaidra, which was also an anniversary season. Yep. But Tomoko. But Tomoko. Tomoko. So she was Gokai Pink, everyone. And... <laughs> okay, so uh, as far as Tomoko goes, um, I'm, I, I just have a really hard time phrasing why I like her so much. She's just, she's quiet. And and sweet and caring and uh, she's Quirky. really funny when when she when she's being like you, you know she she takes on that 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 uh, that persona and she gets they show the black aura around her and she's like snickering to herself I don't know I just think she's really endearing I like general. how she does things that are normal to her but freak out everybody like when they went to <laughs> Gentaro's house. Uh, oh yeah, the, and then the uh, Yuki makes like this whole uh, pot of like themed around space, and everybody's kind of looking at it, like freaking out about it. And then she comes in and just puts like I don't know what she what was it, it was natto natto. She puts natto in and starts stirring it, and it's like she's <laughs> in her own world, man. She's just doing her own thing. Oh yeah, that nasty like space soup or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The space. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I forget what it's called, but yeah. I think the Kamen Rider Diner recreated it, but like actually, like more delicious. Like that's great. They were like, let's <laughs> like let's reference it, but let's not make it disgusting. Was it, is it a hot yeah, pot? Is that what it is? In the Kamen Rider Diner, Some kind I of hot think pot, it was yeah. like noodles. It ended up being like noodles or something. But like, mm, I think okay. I think it still right. referenced that. Yeah, because I remember like I think my dad ate it when he was there. Right. It was some kind of solar system themed hot pot. Yeah. And he was show. so confused. That's why I was laughing so hard about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, no, no, you're 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 totally on point though. Like Tomoko doing her own creepy thing uh, that freaks everyone else out, and it's just like fine and normal. <laughs> as far as like yeah. the goth girl trope, I feel like she's done very well. I feel like they don't lean too heavily into it, and they still kind of make her her own character. So props to the the writing crew for that. That's really interesting yeah. because I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's that's kind of an American thing too, right? Yeah, so, no, it is. It's like a very yeah. The American closest trope. I think we get is like Yaru, um, but other than that, I think. So that's pretty impressive that they could actually nail such a specific, like, uh, characteristic. I'm curious now as to what kind of research her actress did for the role, if any. Oh. But yeah, it is. It is definitely like you know some good writing and good directing to, yeah. and good acting to get that across. Yeah, and if we're if we're gonna talk about Tomoko, we should talk about uh, Tomoko and her interactions with Ryusei and how they develop because I thought that was a really well done dynamic. Because um, the first time that I noticed uh, something up with those two was in the episode where there's the uh, there's like the, the 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 superhero Zodiacs guy. Um, and he he wants to be a hero, but he's a Zodiarts, and they're at this like club worshiping this hero Zodiarts, 
And Tomoko's like, uh, this is giving me a bad feeling. I, I gotta leave. And Ryusei's like, okay, I'll leave with you. And he, like, like he's taking care of her. And then throughout the show, you see, like, when, when Ryusei kills Gentaro, the one who screams the loudest is Tomoko. Mm. And she, 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 like, like, you can see the, the, the betrayal across her face. Um, and, like, later on, uh, Tomoko gets, uh, taken or supposedly Tomoko gets kidnapped into the dark nebula and every and whenever when they come across Virgo Ryusei is like where is Tomoko I don't know just those two have such specific character interactions that it's like it's almost like a subtle thing but also kind of not if you if you see it if you once you notice it right I just love those two together Charlie <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I've already said, like, everything I had about Tomoko. It was just, like, her, like, I felt like her thing was, like, really relatable, especially, like, kind of, like, going back to my high school experiences, and it was just, like, a lot of it was, like, really similar to, like, what she went through. Yeah. And it was, I don't know, I just... I really liked her character. She was, like, also one of the more, like, logical, like, Kamen Rider Club members. Oh, she was super down to earth. Yeah, no, she was, like, I, she, again, I think she, I said her, she was, like, either number one or two on my, like, Kamen Rider Club member, like, listing. Yeah. Because she's just, like, amazing. Like, there's nothing bad to say about her. Her whole character was just, like, great. <laughs> yeah. All, yeah. I think there's something to say also about how she was always the first one to notice when something was wrong in a situation. Like, like she has that sixth sense. Yeah, she's very perceptive. Yeah. 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 So, Otsugi-sensei, with his uh, suspender-snapping self... Poor. Snap, Poor snap, guy. snap. It's so weird seeing, like, I don't know if you guys have seen a lot of, like, variety shows, Japanese variety shows. He shows up on them all the time. He's in all of them. Him and his, like, <laughs> his comedy, he's in a comedy duo, and they're in a lot of them. Like, I used to watch a lot of Arashi ones, and he was in almost all of them. Like, it's so, he's in there a lot. So, I know his character, um, his comedic character. So, seeing him in this is really weird. But it also is in line with it because he's very self-deprecating and very awkward and very weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's same though. <laughs> it's kind of perfect then. Also, somebody that I would definitely trust having the Common Rider Club uh, being taken care of. I think it's in good hands with Otsugi and and Jake. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he, the having him be a part, like finding out about. The Comrade Club. That was a smart decision. It makes it makes sense that he would, you know, want to keep them a secret and like want to protect his students. It it shows that even though he's weird and kind of creepy towards that uh, one teacher, Sonora um, Sensei. Yeah, uh, Scorpio. Yeah, even though he's kind of creepy to her or whatever, but he he seems to genuinely love his students, almost to the point where he just wants some <laughs> recognition or some like. Uh, attention and he never gets it <laughs> yeah yeah but you know it's it's almost like 
up until that point, he's very like antagonistic towards the Common Rider Club because he's he's like sees them as troublemakers, and he like especially targets Gentaro who never wears his school uniform. Yeah. Um, and then like and so like you spend the whole like what is this 25 26 episodes or something leading up to this where he's being antagonistic and he's he's the joke character and everyone he's just to laugh at and then he gets dragged into the monster nonsense and then he 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 finds the club room and then you're like oh man things just got real for osugi <laughs> and he he really pulls through he really shows who his character actually is then i think that's a really cool way of revealing that yeah yeah, I like when he when they had the summer vacation and he's on top of the school saying like, "Oh, <laughs> this is great!" I could just hear my suspenders like echoing through the campus, and he just starts going. Dah, 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 dah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, yeah. he's like, he's like, I wish, I wish the students would just never come to school. That would be great. Like, that's how that's how we uh, fix this whole school thing. Just don't have students. <laughs> it's like you know Um, you have a point yeah (laughs) anything else to say about Osugi I love this whole thing with Sonata Sensei even though it is a little creepy I thought it was just like funny personally and how like after she like dies or gets defeated she's just like really depressed and he was like well, now what? My precious, my dear Sonata Sensei. <laughs> He's like, what now? He does like kind of like keep hope that he could find her one, again one day, right, or something like that. Even though she got sent to the dark void. I don't remember if she she like ever gets like gets over her or not. Oh um, no, no, he. I there's actually a part like way later on, uh, like after, um, after. Rusei's identity is revealed to everyone, um, and and he and he's just like, Sonata Sensei was Scorpio. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. Oh, that reminds me. I mean, uh, since we talked about uh, uh, Forze's henshin, I like the music in Mujor's henshin. Like whenever he oh does the disco music. The disc, the sort of disco kind of sounding thing. Yeah, it's I like so that good. too. I can hear it in my head, but I can't recreate it if Dun, I tried. Banana, images you can hear. Banana. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's in like a lower key. I need to get that as my ringtone, even though I don't use a ringtone anymore. Oh, I just, I, I, I. What, what, what did I set as my ringtone recently? I think. Yeah, I what is Because mine, mine since. Since I I had a phone that could do custom ringtones, I've had the Fize ringtone. I mean, that's like a given, obviously. And it messes me yeah. up whenever I watch Fize, because then whenever his phone rings, I reach for my phone. <laughs> I have the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers communicator as my text tone, so. I have a very generic uh, Medicare solid alert for my text. Oh, that's a really good one. I need to get a ringtone. <laughs> it scares the crap out of you, especially when you're about to go to sleep. What you got to do is you got to make that not a text notification. You got to make that a, like, a reminder notification. That way, like, an event pops up on your calendar or something, and it's like, but eh, My phone is almost always silent, though, so I, I always, I never hear it anymore. <laughs> yeah, my, my phone's almost always on silent. 
since since we mentioned uh, Meteor's henshin, I just wanted to say the the part where he turns into a comet and like flies around and there's like a burst of energy wherever he lands. I love I love that. That is my favorite ability of his. Yeah, I like that's a cool entrance. It's so it's so in fitting with his theme too. Yeah, it's so it's it's comical though that he has to. Because he wants, he's the only person who cares about his identity. Even when Comrade Club knows who he is, he wants to keep it from everybody else. Right. So he has to hide case. every time he transforms. And before they knew, I feel like Tomoko more than anyone else points out that he runs away. Yeah, she's yeah. always away. the most observant about yeah. it. Yeah, she's like, "Hey, Ryusei, where are you going?" <laughs> yeah, and there's Take one point. There's you. one point where they they kept. He's like, "You have to stay here," even though yeah. Uh, uh, Gentaro's getting his butt kicked. Yeah, Ryusei is just like, uh, what do I do? Uh, hope, <laughs> you know, win Gentaro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, should we talk about Kengo? Yes, we absolutely should talk about Kengo, sure. the core child. He's a real boy. He's a real boy. <laughs> He's a real oh. boy. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, what do y'all? Uh, yeah, talk to, I have I what I have to say is more about where he ends up. Okay. Can I talk about like where he starts then? Cuz yeah. It's it's a super like poetic thing where we first meet Kengo and a girl is confessing her love to him and hands him a letter and he's just like, "Yeah, no, that's illogical." And then like th- tries to throw it in the in the water and Gentaro jumps in after it, not knowing either of them. And he's just like, "No. If if a girl is confessing her love to you, you have to hear her out." It's like, "That's illegal." It's like one step below the the meme from um Gundam Wing where she gives him a letter and then he tears it up and says, that will kill you one day. Oh, right. <laughs> I know that. I haven't seen it, but I, I've, I, I've seen that clip. <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of is like that. Yeah. Um, like, Kengo, Kengo starts out and he's just that much of, like, a, a calculating, kind of kind of care, focused on himself only. It's kind of a uh, prick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he really kind of is. Um and from the very beginning, Gentaro's like, no, you're going to be my friend. And he's like, uh, what? <laughs> and then, because Kengo cannot use Forze, Gentaro ends up having to do it. And the, and the way they finally end up bonding on that first basic level is Gentaro's like, you know, let, let, let me do this to help you. Yeah. Rather than let me just do this because it has to be done and you need me. Um, and so that's how he, he starts to melt that frozen heart. And then it takes another like eight episodes or 10 episodes or something until Kengo's finally like, okay, fine. This is a club. This is the club is officially in session. Uchukita. <laughs> but he doesn't tell him that he loves him until he dies. At that point, oh, too late. Oh. Why'd too you do that late. to me? Too little, too late, Kengo. Ah, stop it. It hurts. No, no, no. I'm saying when Gentaro dies. I know. <laughs> that but hurt. like it, it makes so much more, you know, it's so, so much more impactful though cuz it comes from someone who's very just kind of like blah about the whole thing. Yeah. For most of the series, so to have him be so yeah. emotional and to like to show that much 
of himself yeah. when he's been so stoic this whole time. You know, it, it has a bigger impact on you because you're like, wow, okay, yeah, this is serious. Yeah, it's somebody who's been guarded the whole time. Yeah. I will I will say the only thing I didn't like about that part, by the way, is the fact that it was Yusei that killed Gentaro rather than just the situation getting out of hand for Yusei to handle and the Zodiarts doing it because it didn't seem super in character for Yusei in that specific moment to do that because it didn't make sense. What do you mean? It was like, well, it's like he didn't need to kill Gentaro. He just needed to help the Zodiarts. Yeah, but a Zodiart wanted him to kill Gentaro. That's not. I. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think that. He... That's like the whole point of the bad guys. They want to get rid of the good guys. It makes sense. Well, yeah, but at that at that point, that wasn't the specific goal of. Uh, it was cancer at the time, I believe. Um, at that at that point, specifically, what was happening in that moment, he didn't have to kill Gantaro. I don't know. I feel like. Uh, cancer told him we need to get rid of him and he interpreted that as I gotta kill this fool so then he did <laughs> I need you to <laughs> die for me Gentaro what I thought was gonna happen and I've com- I forgot about this part so when I watched it again I was like oh I thought that when he does like the one inch punch thing I thought he was gonna do some kind of trick where he like looks like he killed him but he didn't like, I thought mm-hmm. he was going to do some kind of subtle move that looks like a killing blow, but it doesn't. But then it turned out it was. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, he just straight up murdifies Gentaro. Murdifies. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then, and then, then Kengo is the one who comes to the rescue. Yeah, yeah. I liked that in that scene, he was trying to revive Gentaro using the medical switch the way they did in an earlier episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it didn't work. Yeah. Actually, you know, it kind of reminds me of of that scene in uh, in Avengers: Infinity War where they're making the axe and Thor is like unconscious and Rocket's like he's dying and and then uh, D- Dimitri's like he needs the axe. Except this time, it's more like he needs the switch. <laughs> yeah. Interesting interpretation. Kinda. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I didn't make that connection. I don't think anyone was dead. Yeah. Yeah. I thought of it literally just right now. Can we talk about the whole reveal of him being a cosmic switch or astral switch or whatever and being the core child? Cosmic child, whatever. Yeah. Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, huh. it was one of those uh reveals that I kinda had to like think about and like really kind of wrap my head around. It it almost just was a little not believable enough, but I was like, you know what? Okay, yeah, this is Common Rider. They have to have a twist yeah. somewhere. <laughs> and I've seen it in other yeah. shows. I've seen it in other shows since then that have done this sort of a similar plot. Uh, I don't want to say it just in case people haven't seen that show, but it's a pretty recent show. It's a recent Tokusatsu show that did that. Um, but yeah, it it I was okay with that part. And I was okay, like the, you know, him dying, and seeing the 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 whole cast kind of react to it and read the letter and stuff like that. Let me guess, your next line is, but then they brought him back. Yep, I hate that. That's the part I hate. That's the one thing that I 
absolutely hate about <laughs> Forza is that they brought him back. Brody, did you just Joseph Joestar him? I really just did. And I haven't even <laughs> seen JoJo's. I'm pretty sure I've said it before at some point in the podcast. I mean, it was also a really predictable opinion. <laughs> it's a, Yeah, it is. And it's because it's been done so many times now. True. But when it happened, like when Forza came out, I feel like the only other time that I, well, maybe a couple of times, but it was like very few and far between. But then, I mean, Double had kind of a similar thing-ish, but I felt like it worked better in Double. And here, it just felt cheap. Like, because it had this uh, whole emotional scene with, like, you know, the Comrade Club reading his letter and, you know, getting all Oh, yeah, that, that made me tear up for real. And apparently, I don't know who, who's... I think George read this somewhere that uh, when they're doing that scene, Ken goes off to the side. It was like the last shot of the show or something like that. And Ken goes off camera reading it and everybody's actually crying because it's the last scene. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes it even more of a powerful scene. And then he just, you know, he just comes back. And it's just like, well, the last two episodes didn't really matter then. I got better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's the one, it's the one uh, time where that happens and it feels like it cheapens it. For me, anyway. It, it didn't do that for you for double? Because uh, it, it kind of did that for me. It kind of did. I don't know. For some reason, I think because I hadn't seen it done like that. And I wanted him to come back. So yeah. I was like, oh, man. It's it's great to see. And then they play it off. The way they play it off towards it. I kind of like, okay, I get it. It's, it's, it's okay. Um, yes, Brody? As, as, far, as far as this kind of thing goes... This happens a lot in Tokusatsu, where a character will die and then magically come back through some for, through some means. Um, we talked about it in uh, the Kira Major podcast uh, with uh, with the King, for instance. Um, and as and I have some thoughts about it. I mean, it does it does cheapen it. It can cheapen what death means in that in a show, but I think that. There's the purpose of it is like it, it comes through for me. So like for instance, if if I use the uh, the example from Double, um, you spend that whole show building that relationship between Philip and Shotaro, and becoming attached to them, and then you see them say goodbye, and it's really really sad. And so the the show has effectively taken your emo the emotional stakes and used that to break you down. And at the very end, when you're seeing the uh, the the final resolution of the story, and you see them together again, it's such a it's such a happy thing because you are relieved and to, that 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 it turned out okay, and that the characters who you care so much about are back together. And for a show like Forze, where that's kind of the the the, the whole purpose of the entire show, like. Literally, Forze riders are the only ones to not have the uh, the common rider teardrops anywhere on their helmet because why? Because this show was meant to be a pick me up after the 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 earthquake and tsunami. Um, so like, and and heroes shouldn't cry when they're trying when it's trying to be this really happy Is show. That actually, the reason why I don't know, I, I that's what I've heard. <laughs> I do know that. 
Forze was supposed to be a lot happier to pick oh, no, up no, no. the spirits yeah. of the children, but I don't know about yes. the tears thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm more questioning the tears thing, yeah. I would assume the tears thing is in line with that goal, because that's the only explanation that makes sense to me personally. But... Ghost doesn't have tears either, now that I think about it. Doesn't he? He dies all the time. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's got plenty okay. to cry about. <laughs> I'll, I'll look up an image of Ghost in a second, because I, I don't know about that. But, um, well, regardless, point being, the show was meant to be a pick-me-up. It was supposed to be this this happy show, and it has a really emotional story in it. Um, on top of being such an uplifting, happy show through most of its run. But in the end, it makes absolute sense for this show, of all common Rider shows, to bring back the character who you've cared about and who you've you were so sad to see go in the end um because it's you know it's it's reuniting the common rider club and giving you the happy ending and for me at least it had the same emotional effect as the ending of double and i don't feel like death like it cheapens death in in forza in general it, it 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 would cheapen the death if like it were connected to the heroes maybe but, like, all the heroes end up okay every time. Um, Why is that different? Well, uh, what, I, what I'm getting at is, like, when you see, like, Leo and Gamo uh, fade into nothingness at the end, you know they're not coming back. Like, maybe we'll see the Zodiarts or copies of the Zodiarts in the future, but we're definitely... Those characters are dead. <laughs> um... And it's all because they didn't have the power of friendship on their side. And yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like Forza gives everything exactly the meaning that it's intended to have. And every time that death is averted, it's all serving the themes of the show. I will I will agree that, you know, what Forza set out to do, you know, to to, you know, lift everyone's spirits and remind them, you know, that Kamen Rider is a hopeful person and a hopeful fighter. I think they do that very well. And I think that, you know, what its intentions were, were were good comparing it to, you know, seasons that are around it, like O's or, you know, maybe even going further down the line to say like build or drive. I feel like it kind of pales in comparison. Maybe that's just my personal rankings. But I think overall, in general, I think Florze does what it does pretty well um, as in like the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I, yeah, I agree with you that it, it definitely accomplishes what it set out to do. I don't know, just that, that ending just, I just remember being so frustrated when I saw it, like when we watched it back in 2012, whenever the show ended. It was just such a frustrating ending because I feel like they had such a good note and, you know, <clears throat> yeah, it was sad, but it was like, you know, they were still close as friends. I don't know if he if he turned into a switch or something like that, like how uh, Ankh turned into like the broken coin or whatever. The Taja Domezo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, it, if he had turned into something like that, then maybe that would have made more sense to me. But I haven't come back. It just it just felt like it. I don't know. I don't know. It it it's just one of those things that just I don't know if I'll ever get past that. I don't know. 
It just, it does, for me, it affects the show. I feel like that ending makes the show not in my, like, top 10 or whatever. Or top five. I don't know. I don't remember how I rank these shows. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also think about where Kengo ends up in the end after he comes back. Where you see that Gentaro's like, man, Kengo, you know, I'm sorry, you're gone. But this letter just makes me sad. I gotta get, I'm gonna get, so I'm gonna get rid of it. I can't carry it with me anymore. And he's about to throw it in the water, just like in that first episode. And Kengo stops him. And he delivers that same line to to Gentaro from the beginning of the show. Mm, Yeah. Like that is, regardless of how you feel about death in Forze, that's an impact. (laughs) I do like when they do like bookends like that. It's very satisfying. Yeah. Like a yeah. callback. Kengo's arc really comes full circle. Um, so what, I guess overall, to sort of wrap things up, what are your overall feelings of the show now compared to when you first saw it? Um, I, I'll say that I still, when I, after I finished it, you know, I, I was trying to recommend it to a lot of my friends who weren't into Common Rider because it had, you know, such an anime-esque kind of feel to it. Um, and I, I still think it's a good starter Common Rider. Um, mm-hmm. maybe not for the sense of the two episode arcs. I feel like those, maybe those won't be as dragging for somebody starting out because they won't be familiar with them and know that they're like a long time thing. But yeah. I think, in general, I think the the theming of it is really easy to absorb and understand. And I think, you know, the characters, like I said before, I think the ensemble is still very strong. And each of them still have their own kind of individuality. And you can almost always relate to somebody out of that group of people. So right. I still think if you were trying to recommend shows to somebody that may not have familiarity with Tokusatsu... Um, but maybe familiar with like anime, I think that's still a good recommendation for a starter season. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe if somebody that's you know really into space or something like that, um, yeah. because I do think it does ha- it does do a lot of things right, even if it fumbles in a lot of other places. Yeah, I mean, well, well said, especially regarding the ensemble cast, the ons- the the common rider club as characters, they are perhaps. One of the, they're they're one of the strongest points of the show, to be honest. Yeah. And um, as for like how I view the show now versus the first time, I think I just have a deeper appreciation for it than I did the first time. And I really loved the show the first time. Like I, I always have so much fun watching Forze. Mm-hmm. Like like I the fact that I was able to do a ten episode binge of the show in the beginning before I got too tired to continue for that day, <laughs> that yeah. says something right there. Um, because that's that's a long time to watch for. Say, like, guys, don't do it, don't do it. It's Learn a lot from of friendship. Example. <laughs> that's a lot of friendship. Um, I don't think anybody yeah. needs that many friends. But you know, the the first time around, I probably got more of the the surface level appreciation for it. Like really great action, really bombastic characters, um, just a, an overall fantastic package. This time, not only am I watching the show already knowing what it's going to present to me i'm able to i'm able to look a little deeper into it and see a lot of the the smaller things that it does that i that i can really appreciate and dig into and like you know uh i don't know if maybe i was stretching things a bit by looking for the gurren lagan connections but i mean they're definitely there if you look for them <laughs> uh i feel like you try to look for the gurren lagan connection every show i mean 
It was at a, least, it was at least in this show. show, it's written by the same person. Yeah, at le- yeah. <laughs> you, you get a little slack here. <laughs> Listen, there was no way we were getting through the Dino Retrospective podcast when we did that without me mentioning the Giga Drill on the Mecha arm. <laughs> oh god. Um, but but that is that aside. Forze <laughs> is fantastic characters, fantastic show, deep, really deep meaning when you look for it. And if you're if you're paying close attention, there's a lot there's a lot of really little touches like, oh, you know, one there was one other thing that I had wanted to mention that I saw early in the show that I almost forgot about with uh, with Takai was acting as Forze in the suit. There's like a lot of really little things that he does to sell the character where like they're in a restaurant in one fight scene and Gentaro gets like slammed into a table or something. And when the camera focuses back on Gentaro, he like picks up a fork and looks at it and then slams it into the ground. Like, <laughs> like, why, like why am I holding a fork? Um, yeah. Those, those little touches like that, that also, I think, cause you know, Koichi Sakamoto is a director. There's a lot of little details that he establishes. Like, for example, when he gets knocked like off a building or, you know, gets thrown off of something higher, gets thrown far away. He lands by, you know, his boosters on his back, you know, sort of cushioning his fall or or slowing him down or whatever. I, stuff like that. Made, yeah. Made sense with Forze, for sure. Yeah. For, Forze really, is, he, he has that, that tough, loudmouth anime protagonist energy, like shonen protagonist energy, but also like... Like you, you don't normally see your shonen anime protagonists acting like a complete teddy bear, but you got Gentaro like six, like less than six episodes in, sobbing in the middle of a classroom because he just heard Shun's sob story about his dad. Um, remember when he tried to make friends with a computer? I do remember when he tried to make friends with a computer, <laughs> and then he succeeded. Yep. Man, um, yeah, no, uh, the common ride. I mean. There is just so much. It's so hard for me to sum up my overall feelings. Watch Forze. It's great. It's got deeper meaning if you look for it. It's got the the, the rider friendship handshake that you can do with other Toku fans. It's great. Charlie? Yeah, I mean... I honestly, out of all the Neo Heisei writers, I would... Not even just Neo Heisei, I would say, like... Actually, no, yeah, Neo Heisei writers, I would definitely say this is my favorite. Just because of the whole, like, Kamen Rider Club dynamics. um, The whole, like, villains and, like, how they're created and how, like, closer than, like the hero like closer to the heroes than they think they are sort of vibe and then how like the whole school was like a whole specialized thing the i mean again i already said i was like a sucker for like the constellations in the space and like high school so like that was kind of also a given and i don't know it's just like the soundtrack the um the summer movie just like most things about it, honestly, for me, put the, put it on, like, the number one spot, just because, like, I feel like a lot of, like, I'm the type of person that is not that into Common Writer. Like, I'm more of a Sentai kind of guy. Yeah. So, like, a lot of Common Writer series honestly did not, like, grab me mm-hmm. as much as Forze did. 
And I think the only other ones I really liked were, like, Ryuki and Kiva, and that's, like, pretty much it. But, like, I just... This was this one felt so personal and so special to me, like, mm-hmm. personally, as, like, watching it as a high schooler, and then watching it again as an adult, kind of remembering, like, oh, yeah, I felt the same way that a lot of the Zodiart... Not even just the Zodiart users, but, like, the everyone in the Kamen Rider Club... And, like, even sometimes Osugi-sensei kind of just, like, honestly, I can relate. Like, they're, it's just so personally, like, nice for me that I just really enjoyed it. And it was a really fun series. I actually didn't Mm -hmm. mind the Switches that much. It was more of just, like, eh, it's just a writer gimmick, like, whatever. But... Like, I thought they was, I thought it was still, like, it looked cool. Like, it looked cool on Forza, and it definitely, like, sold toys, so. Because, yeah. you know, it's just a big toy commercial at the end anyways. But, like, I just thought everything was so, like, well executed. And even though, like, Kengo was kind of, like, my f- least favorite out of the Kamen Rider Club, and I thought he was, like, the most boring out of everybody, I still think like i still think that like how they um showed his growth throughout the series still made me kind of like okay he's like not that bad like yeah i like him better than a lot of like other comrade characters from like other series so i don't know it just has a special place in my heart and like i really enjoy it it's a good time with friends Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very good time with friends. Shoot, you know what I forgot to talk about? What? The freaking crossover movies. <laughs> I was just, I was thinking in my in my seat. I was like, we didn't talk about Mega Max. <laughs> Should we talk about that briefly before? I mean, I don't really have it? anything to add to this. So, like, if you don't want to, <laughs> go ahead. We can just say Mega Max is a really good movie, and you should go watch it. Because it's got yeah, the best writer girl. I mean, I've seen no, I've seen it. It's just like I don't really have anything else to say besides Nadashika, obviously. But like other than that, I don't really have anything. It's it's kind of the Avengers before Avengers thing. Yeah. Okay, it, came, all right. it technically came out before Avengers came out. So most ambitious crossover ever. <laughs> Let why don't why don't we talk about it and then like whoever's editing, we ask them to like cut and paste it right before we give our final thoughts. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're already at two and a half hours of podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think uh, we could just like say what the, the movies are and just encourage people to go watch it if they want to. Yeah, if you want to watch the... Uh, uh, let me get the full names because they're freaking long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Common Rider crossover movies. Yeah. So... <laughs> Common Rider, Common Rider, Common Rider, Forza and O's, uh, movie, movie War, Wars, Mega Max. Mega Max, yeah. And that's where you get to see, you know, uh, Forza, O's, and Double Team Up. Uh, you also get uh, Common Rider X, Common Rider, Wizard and Forza, Movie War Ultimatum, uh, which also has, I believe that also is the last time we see the Double Riders together. Is not the last time we see Philip and. I, I thought that was Mega Max. Were they were they together in the in Ultimate? Oh no. 
I don't remember. I haven't seen that movie in a few years. They weren't in Mega Max. They were in like, wait, which one's the one with like... Mega Max was the one with O's. That was the O's crossover. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Then that one. That one was the last time then. Right, okay. Yeah, and then yeah. Ultimatum or whatever the other one was, like, didn't have double, I remember. Yeah, no. Right, um, okay, sorry. Mega, Mega Max bad. was great. Uh, we, we did a we, we, we did a watch-along for that, didn't we? Yeah, we did a watch-along for that one. Um, I mean, we also did a watch-along for... Oh, no, we did for Superhero Tyson. Yeah, so if you guys, guys want to know detailed thoughts on those on that movie though those two movies i guess they both have forza in them uh and they i guess they also both have o's in them don't they um so if you guys want to know more about those movies you could you should watch them and watch uh, you, you yeah you have to be a part of our patreon to actually get access to those two episodes yeah token Gatai podcast patreon exclusive podcast yeah um but yeah uh, mega max Probably one of my favorite movies, uh, Comrade movies of all time. It's so good. It's oh, yeah. a fantastic uh, it's so good. anniversary or a crossover movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, and Movie uh, War Ultimatum is also a good movie. I don't think it's as good as Mega Max, but I think it's still a fun movie. Yeah. It's still pretty good, yeah. Um, yeah. And we can't forget about the most important Forza movie is the Bleach the live action. That's the Netflix movie. The oh. Bleach live action. <laughs> the, the Bleach. You, you got me. You got me. Oh. I've, never, I've never seen the Bleach anime and I watched that and I was very confused. I will say as somebody who watched the Bleach anime to, to a point uh, after the th- stuff with Aizen ended, I didn't watch anymore. But I really did like the Bleach live action movie. I was pretty impressed with how they handled okay. it. As far as anime adaptation live actions go, and it's not just me being biased because it has Gentaro and Ryusei and Nadeshko in a fantastic <laughs> form. And there's yeah. a picture of them all doing the Uchuki Tot. It's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see that picture. It's a good picture. I'll have to find. I know I wrote an article about them all starring together that has that picture right. in it. So I'm I'll sure have to you find can it. Google it and find it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. As as far as the 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 crossover movies go, um, with Mega Max, it's cool because you know you get to see uh, Philip and Shotaro doing the whole double thing again, uh, and they and they have a really fun interaction with uh, Ag and Gentaro later on. You get the you get some some sense of I'm not going to say closure exactly for O's, but you get to see everyone doing the O's thing again, and that's really fun. And you get to see a new a new common rider character. It's, oh, he's great, Poseidon. He's fun. And then the Forza part, Forza part is fantastic because whereas Gentaro has always been about friendship, this time he wants more than friendship. Him and Nadeshko he... are really cute together. They're like they my are. favorite common rider couple. And I'm not They're just great. saying that because I've cosplayed her. Uh, but it, they they are the best common writer couple. I'll say it. Nadeshiko is great, and she gives Gentaro the super rocket state, or the, the I guess rocket states power up. Yeah. Um, where he's got two rockets instead of one. It's great. It's like she's with him in that other rocket. Um, and plus, this is this is where the whole O's final form debate took a dreadful turn when Super Tatoba was introduced. <laughs> not even God. a pretty form i digress though yeah <laughs> then, honestly though as common rider crossover movies go 
Mega Max has a little bit of everything. You got your you got your great Forze story. You got another O's story. You kind of got a double story in there. You got a you got all three characters interacting, and you even got the seven legendary common riders from the Showa era. Yeah. You get that legendary scene where you've got um, you've got <laughs> Shotaro and Genter going osu 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 osu. <laughs> right. <laughs> All of the Common Rider Club members get to cosplay the Common Rider that they are named for, because each Common Rider Club member is named for a legendary Common Rider. Summer movie. I love the I love the summer movie more than Mega Max. To be honest, like the Mega Max is fantastic fan service all around. I really love the summer movie more. Minade Uchu Kita, because it's just a really, really good Common Rider movie, and I don't know how else to explain it. There's so much going on in that movie. You get a scene where Gentaro's using all 40, 40 switches. You get his power fusing with Meteor's power. You get a giant robot, <laughs> a, a giant robot that Gentaro makes friends with. By the way, it's it's fantastic, and then they keep continuity. When you get to Movie War Ultimatum, because uh, Nadeshiko comes back with Yuki, who had gone to space, and you see Gentaro became a teacher, and it's great. He gets to go back in time and interact with his past self and be like, yo, give me the Forza driver. It's great. I love it. Well, Those are all my that thoughts. In the, in the summer movie, you also get the two the brother and sister uh, who are based on the Kyodain show from the 70s, I think. Yeah, oh. Kyodain and Skydain. Oh my gosh, I really should have known that that was another classic tokusatsu show. Because also, in Movie War Ultimatum, you also have, um, oh man, what's his face? Uh, The blue guy. Inazuman. 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 I totally didn't pick up on it the first time that he was from a classic Showa-era tokusatsu show. And this time, he's like... has a bunch of, like, doesn't it have, like, Zubat in there or something as well? Or is that just Inazuman? Oh, I, I don't know. Um, I think it's just Inazuman. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I think I think another movie. I, 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 Dude, I that's like know. a tough, like a totally different show. I think. Yeah, I mean, I was really surprised because I was watching that aspect, that part of the of Ultimatum, and I see the this villain character transform into some blue guy, and I'm like, oh, he's going to become a common rider. And then I and then he, I see him form, and he doesn't look like a common rider at all, and he's just like, mm-hmm. Inazuman. And I'm like, oh my god, that's a that's another show, isn't it? Because <laughs> there's also a wizard movie that has, like, uh, Poitrine. Poitrine? Is, did I yeah. say that right? Poitrine. 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 Yes. The original tokusatsu magical girl. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the this era just had a ton of Showa era throwbacks. Yeah, I mean Inazuman is is also a, a Ishinomori manga, I believe. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you can actually read it on Comicsology. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. yeah, they have a lot of Shotaro Ishinomori works, which is great. Yeah, really looking forward to being able to read the Common Rider manga. Mm, yeah. I thought it was interesting how they brought back um, Momo Ninjas. Well, I didn't bring her back, but like she started on the, um, I think, Ultimatum, like the one with like Inazuman. Uh-huh. Yes, because she Momo Ninja was like one of his like crew. Wait, was she the the schoolgirl? Yeah, she was like short hair girl with like psychic powers. Oh man, I. 
oh i should have known and then like when they like announced the cast for ninja it was like oh her oh man ah. i totally didn't pick up on that she had a she had a battle scene where she was like fighting side by side with Mew, and they kept playing yeah, that, that, was that cool. heart I effect like that that was my favorite part or like one of my favorite parts. It's just like two eras of queen yeah <laughs> and then she becomes uh. momo ninja for as much as I don't like Ninja, that's pretty cool. I mean, she's yeah, the I was like, she was cool, and that's it. <laughs> she's the only good part of Ninja, so. Yeah. She was really yeah. good in Ultimatum, so. She was amazing. She was so badass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, if we don't have anything else to say about the movies, uh, I will just say that I liked watching Forza this time a lot more than I did the first time. Uh, a lot of the complaints that I had kind of went away for the most part. I just had fun watching this cast and watching these characters, and they're just—it's just such a fun show altogether. And it just you just have a blast watching it. And yeah, I, I mean, I would definitely recommend this show for any any person who wants to get into Common Writer. Um, it's definitely a product of its era. So if people went watch this and they went back to watch other stuff, they'd definitely be a bit confused. But this is just such a lighthearted, for the most part, just kind of a heartwarming kind of show. It's just really good. It's a, it's a kind of a comfort comfort food kind of show. Comfy for sure. It's a comfy show. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's a good. It's a really so, good yeah. word for it. Forza is good. Forza is good people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right uh thank you everybody for listening thank you everybody here for uh joining me on this podcast had a lot of fun talking about uchus and all that stuff <laughs> the uchus and the kitas i was gonna say that but i didn't know if that made sense can can, can, can we do a group <laughs> one before we sign off do we have to please <laughs> <laughs> we can i can't be allowed to Okay. Count us down then. All right, all right, all right. Are we doing this okay? Three. Yes, uh. Wait, hold on. Okay, get ready, guys. Three, two, one. Uchu Kita. Kita. That was so like. Let's try one more time. Let's try one more time. Hold it for three seconds, guys. We just validated all of our opinions by doing that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we should just cut it. Whoever's <laughs> editing, just cut it, please. Like. That's. <laughs> I was debating to let it hang just to see if anybody actually did it. And then y'all started. And I was like, well, I better continue. Okay. I, I heard Brody and I was like, oh, I guess we're starting. I know. <laughs> like, it was just us two. And <laughs> then I, think, I was just like so confused. I started oh, okay. laughing halfway through. Yeah. Same. I was just like, this sounds so half ass. <laughs> it sounds you like gotta, we've been gotta, recording for three hours. <laughs> It's eleven thirty. Right, yeah. no <laughs> All right. Have. All right. We 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 don't have to do it if you don't want to. Uh, next time we talk about th- Forza in twenty thirty one, maybe we'll do it then. Promise. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. If I'm here, you. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, until next time, we'll see you on the next episode of the Token It Podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.
Bye. See ya. The Tokunet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official Tokusatsu news and media. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes or Stitcher. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet, where if you're at the writer tier level or higher, you can get early access to episodes and more. Team Tokunet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course our website, tokusatsunetwork.com. Thank you.